to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the Future. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray. Press play. Press pause when the Universal logo before the movie, immediately before the movie, goes to the, black. The old school The Universal 80s logo. Van Allen belt. We, we had logo. at least two Universal logos. The, the last Universal logo before the film fades to black. Press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one. Unpause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. Watch the movie. Everything's single. Anyway, that's when you, you pause know. in the movie. My name is T. Christie. I'm sitting here with my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings! Michael Dorkman Scott. How are we going to do this movie and you don't say Michael Great Scott? That's what <laughs> Come on. And Shrey the Amazing Turn Stokes. Turn your badge and gun. <laughs> Hi. You're a loose cannon, Marine. Back to the Future was a movie that, let's, before we even start about our little intro summaries, why have we taken three years to do Back to the Future, y'all? Because the hedgehog saw his shadow. <laughs> um, well, people on the forum just kept asking about yeah. it in six yeah. months, six months. It just of... became a thing. <laughs> it just became it, the it, year. It, was, like, it was one of those things that like it turns into a thing, and nobody really knows how it turned into a thing. It just was one day, the, it was a thing. The thing was, every time someone would ask us for Back to the Future, we'd just say, oh, that's six more weeks, we're not going to record it. The real, the, I think the real reason is, first of all, this, you know, this podcast was an offshoot of a podcast you used to do that we all participated in called Geeksa, where you had done Back to the Future. Yep. So we didn't yep. want to start by doing Back to the Future again, because it, you You'd only comparatively recently done Back to the Future, and there's a whole commentary from Geeks about Back to the Future. Um, and then it just became we're not we just avoided doing Back to the Future because once we got our our sea legs under us, we sort of realized like we might have a hard time saying anything about Back to we've, the Future. We've gotten pretty good at picking movies where we're like, I don't think we can actually really talk about that movie. And sometimes they're surprising, just like perfect movies are surprising sometimes. That sometimes it's like, surely you guys can talk about Back. To, we'll find out. We'll yeah. see. I still, we'll do, like I said, I'm, I'm on record that I, I still don't know if we're going to have anything interesting to say about I Back to the Future. I'm also on that record. I'm excited. Anyway. If you're hearing this, we did. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Back the to anthropic the fu- principle, it'd work. Yeah. Back to the Future is uh, one of those movies I grew up with. I was, I was lucky enough to get to grow up with it, unlike uh, a lot of 80s movies that my folks didn't care about. They did care about this one, so I, it was something that I had. And then this and Back to the Future 2, we got on VHS, and then Back to the Future 1 broke. So I grew up on Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Um, wow, which was kind Thank of interesting. You, VHS, I know, right? And the um, and, well, I did it. I did it to myself. I broke that VHS. But uh, back to it's. It's obviously it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, it 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 works for me on several levels. It's it's a well plotted. It's well written. It actually deals with the time travel in a way that doesn't cause my balls to revert, <laughs> um, to tadpole eggs. It doesn't call your your balls to shrink back up and undrop. <laughs> no, I, just just for the sake of argument, what, what would be a movie that does that? <laughs> just so, just FYI, twenty ten Moby Dick. Okay, um, uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But now these days, in addition to just one of those movies that I know like the back of my fucking hand, and I know the back of my hand pretty well. Um, it's uh, it's also oh hey, what's that thing? <laughs> now I'm looking at Teague's hand. I'm like, you've got a scar on your hand. That that? We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about that. Gonna, I, didn't didn't have that. I remember when that happened. He didn't have that yesterday. Um, dun, dun, dun. The cool thing about living in the valley is that we're all around. Like my Burger King, the Burger King I go to when I want a Whopper, is the Burger King in the beginning of the movie where he grabs onto the truck and it's pulling out of a drive-thru. That's that Burger King. Like I'm surrounded by Back to the Future shit these days. So in addition to being a big fan of the movies... Like, my life looks a lot like the Back to the Future neighborhood and shit like that, because we just live in the same area. Uh, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it, and Back to the Future 2 is arguably the best time travel movie of all time, just in terms of how unbelievably great it deals with these 
recursive thingies where it's like we've been here before but we're doing this differently and it doesn't make any fucking sense but the plotting of it works like perfectly it's amazing anyway back to the future is great i'm a big fan of it we got to see it live at the new bev or not live but we got to see a big a big print of it at the the feature of the whole thing uh just big old big old fan i don't know what we're going to say about it but we'll talk for two and a half hours back to the future length uh conversation we are drinking hell yeah we'll find out oh yeah we were preparing uh by drinking for the last couple things we recorded before this just to make sure but brian uh yeah very similar to you i grew up on this film this is uh I'm sure, and I'm sure it was. It also applied to Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and everything. But this, more than any other movie in our VHS collection, I distinctly remember as watching so many times that it just demagnetized the tape, and it was <laughs> no longer viewed. I remember it got to the certain point where I wanted to watch Back to the Future, and I couldn't because the tape had been viewed so many times that it was just demagnetized and just all staticky and and just unwatchable. Now people are nostalgic for that. Yeah, uh, and so it's like you guys are retarded. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the one smart thing I feel like I have to say about this movie is I think, you know, the... Don't blow your watch. <laughs> yeah, put yeah. it right in the front. Yeah. Good here, here it comes. The, well, well it can, we can talk more about this maybe, hopefully, if there's anything worth talking about. But, I you know, cinema language, cinema grammar, and the idea of, you know, scenes and, and, and shots and reverse shots and everything, the whole cinema language is not a language that we're born with. It's not something that is inherently hardwired into our brain. It's something we have to learn. And... It's something we do learn over the process, and I think my speculation is that children tend to latch, pick one or a couple movies and rewatch them over and over and over again, and very distinctly, it that movie goes from a process of just some crazy random fucking sounds and images that come at you and don't really mean anything but are fun to watch, and over time, rewatching it many, many times, you gradually teach yourself the, the, the language of cinema. And for me, personally, I feel that movie was... Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark was shit. definitely one of them, oh. but more than any other was Back to the Future, and the other one was uh, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. But the, <laughs> Star Trek IV and Back to the Future, I feel like I have this very distinct memory of watching them and not having any idea what the fuck was going on. It was just <clears throat> random series of sim- uh, images and people doing things, and then gradually understanding, okay, this scene connects to that scene. They're saying this, but what they actually mean is this. This movie this- was your Mavis Beacon. <laughs> <laughs> wow I don't actually even get that reference it's amazing that Mavis Beacon is a reference now yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mavis Beacon te- teaches typing yeah. and Brian's like okay. and Leah Thompson my first boy girl thing yeah, Leah Thompson go. oh my god yeah alright but that's Howard the Duck though no it's both Brian okay. stop licking the microphone <laughs> Anyway, Dorkman, how are you? do you oh like my. Back to the Future? Are you a fan? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it came it's on. all right. Back to the Future is great, and if you disagree, you're Hitler. I mean, that's just how <laughs> yeah. it works. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, somewhere yeah. on the planet, there's somebody who doesn't like Back to the Future, and I want to smack that person yeah. right now. It's a it's a great movie, and miss everything cool and, and die, die angry. angry. <laughs> what and kind he, of person doesn't like Back? To here's the, the thing. My 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 thought about it is, if you actually look at it, because we have. We have slammed movies that made more sense than Back to the Future does <laughs> on some levels. Like, we have, we have taken some movies to task for not making sense. And there are definitely, just as T said, there are aspects of Back to the Future, especially the time travel bit, like the rules of time travel. I'm not talking about the magic bean of the flux capacitor, because that's like, how does, what does it do? It travels through time. How? By capacitating the flux. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Um, like, that's fine. But then actually trying to sort out the time travel rules, especially as, like, they compound during the trilogy, like, you could not make sense of that with a gun to your head but the the question we have the internet (laughs) yeah what i'm what i'm what i'm interested in what i think may give us some some you know distance in terms of talking about (laughs) some mileage mileage, yeah is 
perhaps this, 88 miles. Why does this why does this movie why we don't care. Nobody who watches the movie cares about any of those things. Like it's crafted on this complete hammock of of fridge logic. <laughs> and if you think about it later, yeah. you're like, "Wait, what?" And yeah. you go back it's, and watch it, you're like, "That still doesn't make sense, but I don't care." It's and Wiley so, Coyote logic. As long as you just keep moving forward, you're fine. But yeah. If you look down, you drop. Exactly. Oh, I'm and, in midair. Exactly. So so that's what I'm interested in maybe talking about and getting some mileage out of exploring why this movie works when so other movies of this type can fail. Right. Trey, Back to the Future? Yeah. Where were you in 85? Yeah. It, were you five years old like the rest of us? I was. No. Um, I was five years out of college. Uh, no, I was three years out of college. I was actually two You're years not my old. real dad. <laughs> actually, um, funny you should mention, but we talked about this. You don't go there. <laughs> On a very special episode. Say hi to your mom. Gail Christie me. is a saint. <laughs> say to your mom for me. Um, this, movie, uh, this movie came in, uh, in that very special time of my life when I was out of film school and realized that I was never going to work in the film industry, which I, I counted my beginning to work in the film industry with basically the blob in 88. I did like a small movie before then that no one's ever seen. But uh, but uh, so this was one of those, you know, seeing this movie and go, oh, my God, that was another one I didn't get to work on. God, yeah. It was so mad. I was pissed because it was such a great movie and, and, and I wasn't in it. You know, I wasn't involved in any way. Um, and I reckon I knew the name Zemeckis because Zemeckis had done, well, before this, he'd done Romancing the Stone which is his first really big hit. And before that, he'd done two other movies that both are worth watching. One is I Want to Hold Your Hand, and the other is um, Used Cars, which I especially like. It's a crazy, crazy movie. But Zemeckis was a name that, coming out of USC Film School, was almost on a level with Lucas because he was just a year or two behind Lucas at USC Film School. And right next to all the awards that Lucas won that were sitting in trophy cases at the Norris Cinema Theater at USC were a bunch of awards that Zemeckis won. And we saw his student films because he wasn't a big, big movie director yet, but he was making Hollywood movies, so they made us watch his movies like they made us watch George Lucas's student films. And and their and their student films, Lucas's student films are just as bad as anyone else's student films. But Zemeckis's student film was awesome, and I was like, wow, that guy, why isn't he bigger than Lucas? Because that guy's really got it going on. And uh, he, he, I want to hold your hand, came out and it was like critically like this is actually a pretty good movie, but it wasn't a big hit. Used Cars was like, yeah, it wasn't a big hit, but it's fun. You should check it out. Um, and then he made Romancing the Stone. That was a big hit, which led to then this being, you know, the movie that, of course, he's been Zemeckis ever since this movie came out. But, uh, but I love the movie. I was like, oh, what a fun movie. I mean, again, this is that that weird phase of the '80s when the, the the TV kids like me took over the asylum and got to make movies that were these big synthesized blobs of pop culture that we'd all been been raised in, you know, and Lucas and all those guys. Um, and this was just one of those, whereas like you know. It's exactly the kind of movie that we all had been wishing Hollywood was making, and now we were finally getting a chance to do it. So I thought so. I was like, God, that's great. You know, Gremlins and, you know, Back to the Future and all those movies that were getting made right around that time. So it's it's amazing, and it holds up, you know, f- amazingly well. And it's amazing that it's, it's a period piece now, looking back at that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, on that, two levels. That's, that's, that's yeah, how does the it. math work? It's like we are as far away from 1985 as 1985 was from 1955 close. at the time. Pretty close. Close to yeah. it. Yeah. Which means, of course, well, it's 2015. In movie that's, logic, that's... yeah, three flying cars are only three years away now. Right. So. And power laces, which they have now. The future. And the, the hoverboard. But it's a great movie. It's, a, it's a, you, know, well, you know, and that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what, what are we going to say for the next two hours? You're we, at the point we'll where academic. the Universal logo has faded to black like we are here. Put your finger they on the button. The second Universal logo, the 1985 Universal logo. Yeah. Three, MCA back company. in time. Three, <laughs> two, one, unpause. Back when Universal was an MCA company. Your jacket is now dry. That's the next <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, I love this font. 
See, what, this is what is happens. No, See, yeah. I, 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 here's the okay, problem. Okay, we're not even trying <laughs> yet. We've already devolved <laughs> yeah. to the font. We're not <laughs> even trying. Now, there is a... Why you've got to imagine how little sense this title makes. People are like, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a nonsense title. When, you know, before this movie came out, you're like, Back to the Future. You, actually, you, you kind of could tell it, it did feel like, okay, it's going to be a time travel movie right. of some kind. I think it's actually the... It's high concept. It's I'm sorry, like, can it's I the, cut you, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Go ahead. Uh, no, just, right, just, just because it's a topical talking. thing yeah. and it's an on-screen thing, and just uh, yeah. that I've seen um, people talk about. There's a the, there's a Harold Lloyd clock here. Yeah. Where, this here, the Harold Lloyd clock, uh, where people say, "Oh, see, Doc Doc Brown hanging knew, off the clock. Doc yeah. Brown knew all along because he's even got a clock of himself doing it. That is Harold Lloyd. Yeah. That's a clock you could buy at the time, just like these cat clocks and the poodle clocks and everything else. That's a clock you would just buy. But it's, it is a cute reference. It's to Harold what comes Lloyd later. from Safety Last, which is a classic silent movie, um, and that's what this movie is referencing. Harold yeah. Lloyd. It's a yeah. foresh- It's foreshadowing. Now, it's it's, well, it's it's foreshadowing and an homage at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Is, that's that's that, smart shit. That's the brilliance and the genius of back. The efficiency of Back to the Future is that, as as we talked about before, it's you know. And when, whenever you have a scene, or whenever you know, any, at any moments, there should be more than one thing going on at a time, and so that's a brilliant example of this, that. This, by the way, is a is a Zemeckis trope. Um, I was going to say, isn't it commonly accepted now that it's kind of lazy to do the pan across some the messy people, room? Some people, some people are tired of it, but Zemeckis uses it a lot. It's a common thing where he like he tells you all about a character by showing you, you know, the things he has on display in his home. Um, he's done it as recently as Castaway is the most recent one I can think Which, of. Which, Zemeckis it, opened the movie in Trey's house, it would be this weird serial killer <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With, like, fucking ventriloquist dummies <laughs> and old books and that laser actress, discs. That actress, by the way, that's a cameo. She was the lead actress in Used Cars, that uh, playing the newscaster there. How great would it be to do this whole sequence establishing who this character is and all the nuances and facets of it, and then the actual character is completely different? And yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're very fastidious and, you know, into into this and into that, and then the actual character, once they're introduced, is nothing like that at and all. And it's all one take, too, by the way. So this is Yeah, a big, so far, you know, so good. Big, there's one so cut it's, away. it's a very Rube Goldberg machine. It's one cutaway for the dog food, but then it goes back to the take. Um, um, anyway, the you were saying the Back to the Future I think is a great you know they talk about the importance of things being high concept these days and that it has to and it, you know it has to be high concept in the sense that it has to grab you from a very little amount of information it has to be the idea has to be so good that it has to grab you immediately and I think ultimately what that means under and underlying everything else is just like what is the the two most contrasting things you can juxtaposition against each other. And what what is the interesting product that is created out of juxtapositioning those two things, and then that's high concept. And I think the the very title of Back to the Future is a is a great illustration of that of the idea of going back. God, to the that future. shot is masterful. Yeah. CRM one one four is a two thousand one space odyssey. And, but but just consider. No, I it's mean, a, we, it's we a not Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove, and then it, it does and it, pop it, up in two thousand one. It's a it's a it's Doctor Strangelove reference. reference. You're right. We I we not only learned a little bit about the character, but we've got a lot of. Information. A huge amount of backstory. Yeah, yeah we've got a lot of we backstory. Know, we know that Doc Brown stole plutonium. We don't yeah. know why, but you know we're already up to that, up that that level. And we know because that of his, is, his right, little that he Rube squandered Goldberg. a fortune. Well, that he squandered a fortune, okay. and because of his little Rube Goldberg device, and but the the you know uh, the the pile of food and stuff like that is like neither he nor his dog have been home for a while. Right. Mm. I want to talk to Michael J. Fox's character Marty McFly here for a second. Okay, your guitar sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a weird guitar. Your guitar. Sucks, sir. It doesn't matter. Look at the amp. Yeah. Where did, by, did he 
convince Doc to get this for him? What's going on here? Yeah, but, well, that, that's the thing. Is like, did he convince Doc to build this for yeah. him? I, I, I never thought that. I just thought it was, you know, it's just one of Doc's Doc many Brown in, has some random shit. One of Doc Brown's many inventions. He, he's, he's the movie scientist in which scientist is a job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, a scientist can do anything because he's a scientist. Right. He he's a, he's a generalist scientist. Yeah. Oh, look at his postcards from the Edge sunglasses there. That's adorable. Mm. How do you guys feel about uh, Michael J. Fox? He's Did, amazing. Didn't he's feel nothing about him before this movie, but like like most of the world, it was like afterwards, he, he's, he was Michael J. Fox. Have you guys seen the behind-the-scenes stuff with Eric Stoltz? How would you feel about that? Yeah. The, no, Apparently that's, there's a new version coming weird. out that shows even more. The, of the Blu-ray, right? Yeah, the Blu-ray, I guess, yeah. has, has, all, has a lot of the more. footage. Because um, I, remember my, I remember distinctly... The, the, By the way, for anyone who might not know... They they filmed the first two weeks of Back to the Future with an actor named Eric it's Stoltz. More than that, more than that. It's like six weeks. Or yeah, something. it was an, like half. Yeah, and it wasn't working out. And they recast it and reshot all those scenes. And I, re- I remember. Fox. I remember distinctly my mind being blown upon the learning the act that the it's guy from Pulp Fiction was Marty McFly yeah. for two weeks. It's amazing. And then later I learned it was six weeks, and my mind was blown a second yeah. time. It's it's really shocking. I mean, yeah, I think that's the Spielberg influence that you know that uh, you know they, they didn't just pull the plug. They were like, oh, just you know. I, I mean, like, the fact the fact that you can go to the studio and go, look, I know we've been shooting for five weeks. Yeah, but uh, you know, and what studio wouldn't go? Uh, you go with the guy you've got now at this point. What are you can, talking about? Can you about? imagine that happening today? It's it's they're not on that scale. No, I really can't. And 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 of course, you know, the, there's uh, there's a few shots where it's still Eric Stoltz. I think the one where he dives into the DeLorean is still Eric Stoltz and. Um, a few other things that might have been Eric Stoltz's feet we were watching in that shot we just saw for all we know, you know, or, or standing because it didn't have to be either one. Not really. to, not to say that it doesn't that it doesn't happen in, in modern day because it happens uh, in the Firefly pilot. They yeah had Castanara and exactly. then they here comes my Burger King. Shooting, but, that, but that's and, like uh, shooting one half a day with an actress. yeah, yeah. But that's, that's a little one different that's one day. Same, of same thing happened in Lord of the Rings. It was one that's day true. with yeah. Aragorn. My right? Burger with King, Aragorn. yeah, still there. And there's the Ari uh, the lighting store right the, there. The Toys R Us is still there. Probably the biggest example, but it wasn't nearly as damaging. Was V for Vendetta. Where ah. J- James Purefoy was the original V, and oh, still really? is in many shots, and they just redubbed. Um, yeah, but that's easy. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's not nearly as extreme an example. If you happen to be in Los Angeles, it's in uh, the Burbank area, Victoria and Magnolia. Victory, Victory. I'm sorry, Victory. And yeah, well, now we're now, we're, now on, we're on the back. This is universal back. back now we're next to our house, which is <laughs> yeah. no longer there because you it can see down. this from where we are right now. I have always wanted to do this. <laughs> As we pointed out way back when we did the Gremlins commentary, you see the exact same yep. back lot. Well, I had the Gremlins a commentary. We'll talk about it in a second, Brian, but I want yeah. to talk about it too. Uh, yep. But no, they did the re-release last year where they put it like 25th year anniversary. They put it back into theaters for like two days or something like that. And I knew that that was that Burger King right there. And that Burger King is about a mile, a little less than a mile away from the movie theater we were going to see the show at. And I, I spent all of a day on Twitter trying to get in touch with someone with a truck who wouldn't mind me doing it. I wouldn't mind getting arrested for it. I just wanted to get pulled by a truck. I'd be wearing a helmet and shin guards, Mom. Pulled by a truck from that Burger King to the movie theater. I thought that would be amazing. And I would get all sorts of weirdo press. I didn't do it because um, I thought I would die. That's a good reason. Yeah. But no, Brian and I... Go Not ahead. a great reason, but uh, okay. Uh, go ahead and tell the story, Brian. Uh, well, we occasionally... We haven't done one in a while, though. Uh, occasionally, we decide to do random location adventures. We'll go up to Vasquez Rocks. We went to the office location. One day, we decided... There's like, some guy, and we should really find... Before this commentary is out, we should find this guy and his link. Uh, some guy who has really meticulously gone through... It might be many movies, but uh, distinctly Back to the Future, and figured out, okay, this is the location... This this scene is this location. This scene is that location, and really gone through and, and figured it out exactly. Uh, so you can go, and and he's visited each one in turn, each piece of it. Bigwaste.com forward slash BTTF. There you go. Big waste. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so 
Teague and I were, we had one Saturday free where we weren't doing anything. So like, Brian, yeah, we just, lived next to all the Back to the Future stuff. Let's go do all of it. And the thing is, all of these, a lot of these Back to the Future locations are spread out through the Los Angeles area. So it, it's a day's worth of yeah. Marty's house is in do. Sunland. All the fifty-five houses and Doc Brown's house are in the Pasadena. The in City of Industry. Malls in City of Industry. The schools in Whittier. It's all over the place. Um, but Teague and I. We and fucking we, did it. And if and you go, photos from it. go to twitvid.com and click on any user so you can find out what the naming convention is. And then just make that username Brian Finifter. And you can see a video of me, uh, Brian, shot at the mall enacting the entire scene like an asshole. Hey, look. Huey Huey it's Lewis. Huey Lewis. Is that the news? It that is, is most definitely not, not the, the news. See, we're already quoting the Geeks episode. Um, <laughs> most definitely not the news. Now, this is one of the things uh, we uh, I think we can assume right up front. Uh, perfect movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah, and and it's because it really is. There are very few movies that are this intricate in terms of setup and payoff. Yes, they've already set up about eight things, and they've got about. Did that license plate say for Marty? <laughs> Did you just see that? Uh, I'll rewind it later. Back. I okay. doubt it. I doubt that's what it would say. It said for something. It was a vanity plate. Yeah. It for M A R something. Yeah. Anyway, no, anyway, but a perfect but, movie just being that it sets up a bunch of stuff and it pays them off all immaculately. Yeah. So we've we've yes. already said the Strickland had three payoffs in it alone. But the, the one that really struck me, and again, you know, when the movie first came out, I was out of film school, but I wasn't really, you know, I didn't have like the, I've, I've actually learned more about analyzing movie structure in the years since film school uh, than, than I did in film school, because writing was not something. Doing that, down in front, right, Trey? Doing down in front as well. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I came out of film school not wanting to be a writer and having, you know, having done the absolute minimum amount of writing just to be able to continue to move to the program, because I really didn't want to be doing that writing. So, I, you know, I really wasn't much about screenwriting. Um, but this movie, and it was really the scene we just saw, that where I started to realize the whole idea of, you know, a really amazingly crafted movie will do setups and payoffs because the the thing that struck me of all the setups and payoffs was Marty wants to play at the high school dance and later he does mm-hmm. on that very same stage, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like just, just, I mean, that seems so simple, but the fact- It almost seems like you'd have a, it's easier to do it with a time travel movie because you're forcing yourself to think in terms of yeah. setups and payoffs. Exactly. It's, well, it's true. It's, I mean, Titanic even does that. They do times in two different places and they have the- Yeah, Titanic, well, by the time Titanic came out, you know, I realized like, wow, he's, you know- Cameron is really doing an amazing well, job it, of like setting things up and then paying them off. Cause, well, because setup and payoff is just another, really another way of saying cause and effect, and cause and effect is obviously very linked to the whole idea of time travel. And if you're already thinking about time travel, you're going to naturally be thinking about cause and effect. Mike, remember going to the Rally to Restore Sanity, the the Comedy Central thingy, and everyone had like it was basically a parody of of those rallies, and everyone had signs like "Hyperbole kills babies." Right, and it was just a thousand. It was, it was two hundred and twenty thousand people in this in the, in, 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 in the can National I, Mall. Can I just say, good job, whoever you are, yeah, yeah. and there was, and all I those you. and all those different things, and uh, and everyone had signs, and some of them were actually like people were really taking it seriously and doing political signs, but everyone else was just kind of goofing around. And there was an entire group of people that had these big old printouts on on sticks that said "Save the Clock Tower," and there was yep. just like this band of people <laughs> nice. moving through the crowd with "Save the Clock Tower" ads. Awesome. I, yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a fun day. That's it. That's very interesting. I I find you can see video of that on the forum. Went there with Jeffrey Harrell from the Diff forums. That that in the last thirty years, no one's bothered to be like, let's get that moving again. It's can't. It's not that expensive. What a couple grand. Let's. It's fine. Yeah, like the like the city doesn't have like a pension fund that right. they can dip into just a little bit. But, but I mean, it's the eighties. Yeah. Tax cuts for everybody. <laughs> Come on. I that, think. Well, I, I was. It always struck me that Hill Valley is just not a very happening town. Right. You know, it's like there's no. They never, 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 you know what? Maybe Hill Valley. Is a you know a steel mill that closed down or something like that, but just the, the implication I always got was that so this is Hill Valley is kind of like you know 
This is like five minutes away. The the power lines that you can see from our house are the same power lines. Now, what's interesting, and I want to have this conversation with you guys, because this is basically just going to be a commentary of hypotheticals, but um, A, it's it's an A and B question. I would shoot the child and eat the dog. Okay. That's always your answer. (laughs) uh, Did they buy this house because it was in Back to the Future? Assuming not. B, what did the realtor tell them? Is it like one of those things where they have yeah. to tell you someone died yeah. in this house? Look, there's going to be weirdos Four times photographing a week, your house. Some white boys with beards are going to come by and one do, in and do a slow ring, do like a, ring the doorbell. They're going to do a slow ride pass with a cell phone camera. Yeah. I, I really do wonder what their knowledge of that is and what their, what their feelings on it are. In we, fact, we probably could have arranged to call them and find out. Well, I was just going to say, we should have just gone up and knocked on the yeah, door we and asked them. Knocked on the door. I do, do you remember when we went to the... One of their house, one of the houses in Pasadena, there was somebody on the porch. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so we were kind of like, we don't want to look too creepy. Yeah, we went to um, George McFly's house. Is the really cool one with this awesome balcony, and they walk behind the, the clothesline of that house. On the porch, we're like driving by, and on that street where that house is, it's literally opposite of uh, Biff's grandma's house and Lorraine's house. Like Lorraine's house is like three doors down or something. They're all on the three same street. They're all within like two houses of each other on either side of the street, and. We're just like taking pictures of all these things, and then we wanted to take a picture of 1955 George's house, and there's like this lady on the porch, just like <laughs> lady. looking out. Maybe I don't know. Like none of you kids. Well, you the greatest example of that probably, unless there's a better one that I'm not aware of in, in history is, and I, I know about this because I just recently borrowed your space DVDs. But in the uh, in the spaced making of documentary, which is like a retrospective documentary, uh, the spaced TV series starring Simon Pegg, um, where they did a years later retrospective where they went back to the house that served as the exterior. The actors went back to the house and they're walking around the outside of the house. And while they are making that documentary, two spaced fans show up on the street and start taking pictures of the house, <laughs> at which point in character, the actors go running out going, hey, who? What, who are, you, what are, you, are you taking pictures of our house? What are you doing? That's awesome. That they, would blow my fucking it's on, mind. It's on your space DVD. You haven't seen it? I need to see that. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's like literally, it's like the look on these guys' faces when, you know, they're, they're taking pictures of the house. When their the fourth head. wall Brian, crumbles Brian, in exactly. front of them. Then the it's all real. Like, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> that, that actually reminds me. I just watched uh, over the Thanksgiving break. I just watched the new modern day BBC uh, Sherlock Holmes, which I highly recommend. It's amazing. But they couldn't shoot on the modern 221 uh, Baker Street because the actual 221 Baker Street in London is just covered in Sherlock Holmes memorabilia oh. at this point. <laughs> so they, it just doesn't work. That, that, I'm reminded of I, I heard uh, one of the – I think it was Bob Saget because he still hangs out with all like the Full House guys. The he's car crash story. No, oh, yeah. I wasn't going to tell that the car crash one, story. He, he's, he's just got a story where he's like he'll be out you know, with like John Stamos. They'll just be hanging out. And it's like they'll they'll like go to the bathroom or something, and some kid will come in, and they're like, "I'm pretty sure." So they'll just talk, start talking in character, like, "I'm really worried about DJ. I think she's having trouble at college," and, blah, and just kind of like blow this kid's mind, like every time they get a chance. Trey, how is this old age makeup working for you? It's I, honestly, Brian, what is it you see in Leah Thompson? Because <laughs> this she, kind of for did you see the cake she made that looks so delicious? Oh, okay, fair enough. No, so it, all you want in a woman is good old age makeup and a cake. And 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 to look good in the dress she wears to the to the uh, under the seat uh, True, that's true. That's... <laughs> oh my god, this Crispin guy. Glover is a weirdo, but He's man, weird. he yeah. can really bring a character. There's no one who says different about Crispin Glover. <laughs> I just found this out. Re- if I can bring it down for a second, the sister, under underrated. She she did a Sperber. She she died a little while back. She had of, she uh, was, breast cancer. Had a big sitcom. She was the co-star on Bosom Buddies with uh, Tom Hanks and mm. uh, that other guy who didn't become Tom Hanks. Um, I can't tell if it's the 80s or not. Um, oh, wait, yep. 
with the with the with the shoulder pads and also yeah. uh, she's a nice she seems like a nice person but she also seems to be like the, the like god had an idea and he built a jaw and he's like i need a face to go with this jaw <laughs> she had a she had a whole run as uh, she, you know, sitcoms and uh, things like that yeah she was you know she it it was kind of now it's kind of like okay she's this person but w- in when the movie came out it's kind of like yeah that's kind of who you would cast you'd probably cast her because she plays those roles yeah yeah when, um, I'm, uh, I'm actually kind of—I haven't seen this movie on a large screen in quite some time. I'm kind of getting freaked out by, of all things, the Diet Pepsi can, <laughs> because I'm like, "Wow, that's what they used to look like—the Diet Pepsi." I can. love those that right. pop off. Trey, you're a time yeah. traveler. Just, I totally just, am. Just forward and linearly. I'm here to tell you it's going to get worse. <laughs> the uh, the other thing is, uh, we went to see um, the Back to the Future. Okay, my and Brian's okay. individual stated objective. Hollywood is awesome. <laughs> Second of all. Quentin Tarantino owns a revival movie theater called the New Bev. Yes. Uh, which is the New Beverly, which is basically a little room with a screen, and they play fucking amazing old movies all the time. And sometimes, like, it's it's almost hipstery, film hipstery, to, like, they'll, they'll do, like, a little opening in the New Bev, and they'll do a Q&A there. And it's a really fucking cool theater. And if you're in L.A., find out what's going on at the New Bev and watch a movie there. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you care. Just go at once experience They're doing that. Metropolis and Battleship Potemkin tonight, and I'm so, I want to be there, and I'm not. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we did this for you, chat room. <laughs> so we went to see, our stated objective was to see uh, Back to the Future Trilogy at New Bev. They were doing they, a triple feature. They were doing all three. And I was like, I'm in, and I love Back to the, I made it like halfway through Back to the Future 2, and I was like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm going home. Um, but I made it all the way through. But what was cool was, uh, in addition to having like, the world's best, world's best replica of the DeLorean. Not like, oh, the outside looked exactly like it. No, like, it, they didn't have a DeLorean this detailed in the movie. They had, like, six different cars. This was a fucking hero DeLorean, and everything was exactly right. Although, he built up the flux capacitor. He built up the, the little digital screen, the readout. It had a, uh, it, wasn't, it was pre-Mr. Fusion. It was the actual plutonium thing in the back. And we're all, like, all these, like, kind of respectful guys just going, and the actual license plate was out of time. And it was probably a fake license plate. He just puts up once he parks it there, but whatever. And we're all just kind of like standing back, like like two steps back with our arms behind our backs, just kind of going, oh, that's amazing. That's cool. And he had like one of the gull wings open on the on the curb side. So you can see, and he had like a plutonium hat and everything like that, right? And we're just kind of all standing. And this little six-year-old He had the flyer, kid, too. He had the, the Save the Clock Tower flyer. It was retarded. It was like 300 grand worth of a project. Just this amazing, perfect DeLorean. And we're all standing back being respectful. And this little fucking kid walks up to the back. And on the back of the thingy, if you recall from the beginning of this movie, we're about to see it, there's a, a, a plutonium canister in a bigger glass thingy. So he spins it around, and then the canister just tsk, drops into the thing. And we're all, like, standing back, being all respectful. This little kid just walks up like an asshole, picks up the, the plutonium canister he out of the passenger he did seat. He did ask. Hey, can I put the broad in the back of the thing? You guys oh, like, he sure. did? I yeah. didn't know that. The story's better without that. Anyway, <laughs> but he walks up, and all I see is he walks up into the, into the passenger's thing, kind of, like, leans on the chair, picks up the thingy, just goes to the back of the, the car, and every guy in the in the crowd who apparently didn't see that happen we're all like just going dude dude i want to see where this is going yeah and he puts it on the thing and he spins it and we all went whoa (laughs) on on this fake that's some detail on this fake replica some guy made himself delorean yeah the you detail can actually up drop to, it, the, up well, to and including sucking that, that happens very often when people recreate props for the movie. They will actually they recreate have, more than the prop itself was ever really capable of doing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, one of the talk about things that don't make sense is like, that was a great entrance for the DeLorean. I understand it filmically. What the fuck was going on there? Yeah. <laughs> it was full of smoke. He's in. He, there's no way he can get out of the DeLorean when he's in the truck. Why is he in the truck in the DeLorean <laughs> and full how did of he smoke get in there in the first to begin place? with? 
I don't understand. <laughs> Apparently, there's some way to climb into yeah. the DeLorean, but uh, yeah, never mind. Anyway. But it's very and dramatic by the way, and cool. And by the way, we just passed the line where he says, this is temporal experiment number one. Okay, temporal experiment number one, presumably the first temporal experiment. And so in a few minutes, he and the underage child he's brought <laughs> along with him are going to stand in front of this car <laughs> that is going to barrel at them at almost 90 miles an hour. <laughs> well, no one ever said says, was completely you If know, this thing there. does what I think it's going to do, you're going to see some serious shit. If it doesn't, yeah, we're going we're, to die. We're going to die. You're going to be some serious shit. Yeah. Now, now, okay, now, this is probably the best opportunity we're going to have to talk about what we, uh, down in front, have come to call the magic bean, Yeah, sort of based on what Blake, Sm- Blake Snyder, the screenwriting guru, uh, referred to as double mumbo jumbo. There's, yeah. there's also a great tone conversation to have right about this section, but go ahead. It is true, and, the, and the, it, it kind of deals with the magic bean, and this is one of the more interesting examples of the magic bean, the magic bean being our version of... You know, and I, I, it comes from Jack and the Beanstalk, where it's like, it's, it's the magic beans. They grow a beanstalk that grows in the clouds. How does that happen? Shut up. Yeah, they just <laughs> That do. doesn't matter. The story is about what happens when he climbs the beanstalk. The DeLorean is the magic bean yeah. of this movie, because obviously- I w- stood right there. There wouldn't be a story. <laughs> the story would not happen without this you know, DeLorean yeah. doing what it does. But the weird thing about how a magic bean is, is, you know, as, as why does the DeLorean have to go 88? Yeah. Just because, yeah, and, Dude, and and people have put that question to Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis, and, like, it, and they because, go, "It doesn't matter." It just that sounded good. It because, made the story exciting because eighty-eight is neo-Nazi stuff because yeah, exactly. H is the eighth letter of the yeah. alphabet, and then eight eight is H H, and H H is Hail Hitler. What does the flux capacitor really do? And it's what actually eighty-eight point eight, yeah, specifically. And uh, is it know, really in the movie? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Keep what is what is one point? I might be wrong. It what does one point twenty-one gigawatts do? And by the way. Anyone who thinks gigawatts is spelled J-I-G-G-O, you're wrong. Or pronounced gigawatt. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, it's a gigawatt. I'm, I'm like pretty a gigabyte. sure it's gigawatt yeah. in the script. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, I think that's because they were spelling it phonetically, but the actual word is G-I-G-A watts, and it's an oh. actual measurement. I if you want to see an amazing reenactment of the scene, go to twitvid.com slash videos slash Brian Finifter. No, I yeah. think I think the idea was that gigawatt <laughs> is way above a gigawatt. Like, it's just so much fucking... No, because it's... I think oh, they just didn't know no. I think it was. Gigawatt. I think it was gigawatt. Right. I think he wrote gigawatt, and Christopher Lloyd said gigawatt. No, I'm pretty sure, like I said, in the script, I think it says J-I-G-O, gigawatt. I've seen spelling uh, errors in scripts before, too. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, they talk about... I think it's in the behind the scenes, or in the director's commentary of this... They talk about doing the first uh, test screening of of this, and specifically this moment, the audience. You know, when you do when you go to a test screening, when you sign up as just random Joe Schmo to go see the movie that's coming out in three months for a test screening in Woodland Hills, you you don't know anything about it other than the little blurb they give you, and so the people that were watching the test screening of Back to the Future in 1984, 85, whatever it was, didn't know what this movie was, and so when they saw. This the dog in the car, and the the car disappear in. It was like killing the cat. It it was a it was yeah. a, a kicking the dog, killing the cat. Moment. Like, what We're is like, this movie? Did they just kill a dog? And the audience had this very palpable sense of like, wait, fuck this movie. And it's not until the dog comes back, and the moment goes, you know, oh, the dog is fine. It's just a minute back in time. Blah blah blah. And they they talk about the very palpable sense that the audience had of like, oh, okay, this is what the movie is. Now I'm on board and everything being okay after that point. But well, it's, so it, was that a reshoot just then? Because he 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 had a scene where he's like, "You just fucking killed the dog." He's like, "He's fine. He just traveled." No, maybe maybe. I, don't, I don't. It's, think it's, it's in this in the documentary on this disc. Because Zemeckis just talks about again. It's the fact that they're having that conversation was just happened to be explaining exactly what the audience was ah. feeling at that time. He said they felt very fortunate about that. But um, but yeah, the idea of 
you know, the audience hadn't seen Back to the Future yet. Right. <laughs> so they literally, like, did the car just explode? Did it melt? What the <laughs> right. hell just happened? And, and there is the, the issue that you want, and the reason it was a concern, is you don't want the audience to be so thrown out of the movie. You know, I yeah. can see how you could be so thrown out of the movie, you're not hearing the conversation that's happening right, right before your eyes explaining what you're, what you're so concerned about. Exactly, yeah. One of the other cool things about that new Bev screening was that they brought some actors out, and it was Chris Lloyd, and it was the guy who played George McFly in the in Back to the Future ah. 2. Well, <laughs> you have more to that story? Well, I took a wow. picture with Christopher Lloyd, and then immediately my phone said it didn't exist. And then Christopher Lloyd was walking away, and I felt really bad about it. And then, like, three months went by, and I was just like, I don't have a picture of, of Christopher Lloyd. And then one day, my phone just suddenly had a picture of me and Christopher Lloyd in it. <laughs> and I put that on Facebook, and it was the best story ever. Okay, yes. anyway, it, 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 it goes back to what we were talking about. I think it's Iron Man 2, where how tone is. Yeah, the most important ah. thing that a director in the chat room. They're still talking from when we were recording with the chat room. They going. don't know we're recording. They right don't now, record. By the way. And, and Mr. Perfect in the chat room just said, "Just don't mention Back to the Future." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was for you, Mr. Perfect. Uh, this awesome. one's for this you. Fantastic. Um, uh, I've lost what I was going to say. What, what, what I was Actors, going to say. George McFly. No, before you, that. You, okay. you guys brought up That's the, the new Bev and so much Tarantino yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that before. Just just to throw this out there, I don't expect it to, to start a conversation or anything, but we were talking about how this is like a little a little a bunch of little collections of pop culture. Trey was saying that and stuff like that. And as soon as he said that, I was like, What if Quentin Tarantino made Back to the Future? <gasps> oh well, my God. Uh, 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 uh. I think it would that, get weighed down in the pop culture references rather than just having them be It could be No, but if, but a Quentin Tarantino like time travel yeah. movie. That could be pretty badass. Honestly, I want to see Quentin Tarantino tackle every genre <laughs> that exists. Like I want to, I really do want to see Quentin Tarantino do. I a would like to. Here we go. Here's the here's the magic bean. Magic beans do things. Magic things. I would like to see Shield Eyes Chris from Nolan's Light. Back to the Future. No, okay. Uh, he did the Prestige. He did a Steampunk yeah. Back to the Future. There you go. Now again, oh, another, another gonna... thing that might be um, another thing that might be lost on. I mean, are you guys aware of the ironic humor of the fact that this is a DeLorean? Because the DeLorean was a piece of shit. I, I am now. Not that the DeLorean was a piece of shit, but that the the guy who in, that Mr. DeLorean was a piece of shit. Yeah, he, he got indicted on coke charges. <laughs> exactly. His, his company, his car company, was failing, and he, uh, as as comedians at the time pointed out, he's like he was trying to like he got busted trying to like sh- carry seventy pounds of cocaine through LAX. It's like you're not allowed that much in luggage. Anyway, yeah, seventy pounds. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you had that much anything, they would stop you. On, on the subject of DeLoreans, and you can't even do that. Uh, we, I, I worked on a show for the Speed Network uh, that did. It was like a kind of a Top Gear kind of show, and we did a, a test with a DeLorean against like a Camry, and it was really sad because this guy had like a fucking amazing cleaned up non Back to the Future just DeLorean, DeLorean. He'd, he'd, he'd made it run better. He'd restored everything. It was like, it was. All working parts from the factory from 15, 20 years ago built up a brand new DeLorean, right? Basically out of what he had. And he was like, all right, we're going to see how fast we can get this thing to 88. The DeLorean literally can't go 90 miles yeah, per it hour. Can't. Yeah. It that, literally cannot go that fast. That's, that's why they have the digital yeah. uh, speedometer readout on the, the dashboard because the actual speedometer does not go to Which they didn't miles know when they were writing it. They weren't this like is the thing the kid it, did, right. and it blew our fucking minds. Look at it. It just goes thunk, and it's, yeah. it did the exact same thing on the car what's wrong with that guy <laughs> by the by the way the uh the in terms of setup and payoff even like the jokes are set up and paid like in long distances like that's how a joke works is set up and payoff but but a like brick over, joke. That's over, a brick joke is. over long periods of time because it's it's 
he literally Marty says, you know, he's like, did you rip that off? You don't just go into a store and buy plutonium. And then when he has that conversation with Doc later, fifties Doc, fifties <laughs> yeah. Doc goes, I'm sure in the future you can just walk into a store and buy plutonium. <laughs> yeah. But that's not how it works in the fifties. I also just want to point: the real value in any movie is in it's in in being able to watch it over and over again and watch it multiple times and see new things. And just now I've se- I've noticed something that I've never seen before: that it, on his truck it says, you know, Doc Emmett Brown. 24-hour science services. I've never <laughs> noticed the 24-hour science services yeah. before. That's so great. Anyway, what He's was... actually become a door-to-door scientist. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Do you was... need any science? <laughs> Do you need... If you need science at 3 a.m., yeah, there's Doc one man Brown, to call. Doc Brown is your man. You know what? I um, buy that too. Just look at him. You're like, he's yeah. the guy who wants you to call him because you need science. <laughs> we were driving. We guy. were driving through uh, Century City a while back, which is where like Nakatomi Tower and all that stuff is. It's like the it's the big businessy part of Hollywood, and um, it was me and Chloe in the car and someone that we just picked up from the airport. And we're going down the road, and it's like this big 25-lane road. Not a highway, just this huge-ass fucking wide road going through all those buildings. And there's a guy on a bike with goggles and a lab coat on. <laughs> awesome if i recall That's... correctly he was even wearing sandals but i might be taking that out of fish guys but he's riding a bike down the street in a lab coat and chloe rolls down the window and goes do you do bike science <laughs> i was like ah and i drove off because i was too worried that his answer was going to be yes that's hollywood <laughs> and um, wave a magic wand and things would explode so what I was do you do say, bike science what i was going to say earlier with regards to the whole test audience thing it's you know, we t- we tend to like think of and disparage test audiences as the scourge of true artistry and, and filmmaking, but it has to be said in their defense that sometimes they 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 get it right and they and they get things right that you would not get right otherwise as a filmmaker. I just worked on a movie where uh, the, I got to go to the the preview screening of it, um, and looking at all the comments after the fact is like. Everything, with the exception of what the the movie was, like people are like, "Oh, it's too this and it's too that." I was like, "Well, okay, that's just what the movie is. So if you're not on board, you're not on board." But like the actual story as story aspect of what the the notes were, like people are like, "Yeah, the I was confused by this character. She just seemed to be, you know, I I didn't know who she was. I couldn't tell her apart from the other. and these two characters. They didn't really have an end to their subplot. You know, what what was that about? And they were absolutely right. And it, so it's the defense has to be made like sometimes you know sometimes you get a scott pilgrim thing where you know they go no she asked he has to end up with ramona i go no 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 but sometimes there is value in the, sure. in the in the test in the focus group audience where they tell you i don't understand what happened with these two characters or where the payoff to this setup was right and there is value in that. I, I will also point out we were talking about uh, the gag of the DeLorean. It's it's also worth noting that that was that was along the path of development, and this this movie almost invented the term nuking the fridge. <laughs> yes, true. because the original time machine was going to be a refrigerator that Doc, Doc Brown had had tweaked and had stuff like rigged, that. Yeah, and and the the plot at the end as opposed to the the lightning striking the clock tower and all of that was they were going to sneak the refrigerator onto a the ground zero location of an atomic bomb test mm-hmm. um so they were literally going to nuke the fridge and that was the climax of the movie uh they i don't even know how how that movie works I steven never spielberg that said that's retarded i would never do anything <laughs> i would never like do that. something like that yeah you gotta rewrite that guys right george I, and george if, went what if my name is going to be on this, you have to make it something better. Yeah. And they did, and then. Um, well, George was too busy with the, the Star Wars holiday yeah. special at that point. Do you yeah. guys remember those little, I'm sure Trey does, uh, those little standing in like the mall parking lot, 
photo developing kiosks. Yeah, little photo photoshops. Yeah, yeah, I remember them. Those yeah. were all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that industry. Back when developing film was a thing. There's also on Highland or Vine, there is a freestanding kiosk that sells cigarettes. Oh. Just in a parking lot. Just, a few of those oh, are, just drive through here. We'll give you some cigarettes. A few of those are donut places now. Just sells milk. That they're still yeah. like you know milk milk stores. There's, there's one in Tahunga. Okay, so now we're in the past. Hey, by, look, by hey, look, we're in, prove we're, it. We've we've had a, a plot turning point, and now we are in Act Two. By the way, it should be noted that you can, in fact, buy a DeLorean today if you want to. Yeah, still can. Just, they, they've started remaking them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you they, can also you can also there are people who specialize in building all this stuff. We're storing them. Check yeah. it out and make. There's, it there's a guy yeah, here in uh, in North Hollywood named George Barris who does all those old cars. And in fact, he was the guy. Who, I think he. I don't think he did the DeLorean, but he did no, like he the didn't. Munster car, and he did. Uh, uh, Night Rider and all those other things, and he, you and can the, just go uh, into his store. The the Adam West Batmobile. Yeah, he did. That's exactly right. Yeah, and uh, the other cool thing about this, talking about um, old man Peabody, used to make pine trees. He used to grow a pine tree. I had this weird idea about cloning pine trees. When you see the mall in the beginning, it's the yes. yep. Twin Pine Mall. Yeah. He knocks down a tree. You son of a bitch! Kill my pine. Later, it's the Lone Pine Mall. Yes, and that's, that's and that's the only, that's the biggest mistake in the movie. Why is that? Because when he's standing in front of the sign that says Lone Pine Mall. He hasn't. He's watching himself go back in time. Wow. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Which, then it, oh, then it's well, no, 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 no. This here's is a great segue into this my is, thing. This go is ahead, this Mark. is my thing about about the time travel. A lot of no, people. No, it's my thing. When we talk when we talk about uh, time travel movies, you you talk about time travel and you're like, well, that didn't make sense. It's like, well, time travel movies never make sense. It's like I think most people just their primary experience with time travel movies is Back to the Future and that series, in which the time travel makes no sense. And the 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 main issue with back to the future time travel is that it doesn't make a decision um not that it can't it just doesn't bother to make a decision between whether it's an open timeline or a closed timeline. right right there's there's two distinct time travel type stories there's there's the alternate universe you go back and you change something that creates a separate alternate universe that is distinct from the one that you started with which or there's the back to the future too it sounds like that's what they're dealing with well that's that's what doc brown diagrams on the chalkboard there's that, and there's also the closed loop predestination grandfather paradox. Right. If I go back, in if time, you go back and kill your grandfather, you were already dead at the beginning. Yeah. Exactly, and then, so therefore you can't go back in time because you were never born. Yeah. Et well, cetera, you can't. Well, you can't change anything. You can yeah. only go back, and anything you do has already move forward so so which if, is if, lo- which is the way lost yeah. takes if it. if yeah. back to the future were a closed so, timeline then his parents would be cool at the beginning of the movie he'd go back and discover they sucked and he and he would slowly and he would discover it. how yeah. that that's, happened and, 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 and at the, times back to the future is that way and at times terminator is that way and it uh, also uh, right. the other way so, so and at times star that, trek is one way and that's and why i think way. lone pine twin pines is a mistake as they present it because if they wanted to to be a cleaner sort of okay here's the rules is he should have run up to a sign that said twin pines seen himself go back in time and, and then, then run away from a sign that said Lone Pine. That could have been interesting. Because then you're talking... Dude. Talk, you know, because because the, the, question that, the question the movie is giving you is like, okay, that Marty That's that so we're watching, cool. that movie, that Marty we're watching Drive Away lived his whole life with cool, well-adjusted parents. Right. So... What was the story, and right. what's going on in Where this his, world? Well, that's know? the whole thing. It's like the Marty that, that's here now. There, there was a whole article on Cracked where it's like how the end of Back to the Future is secretly horrifying. Because it's like <laughs> he's, he's, now he's living in a world where like he has memories that no one else has any memories of. And he's, he's got this whole lifetime that it's like how long is it going to be before they commit him to an asylum? Because <laughs> yeah. he's remembering this entire life that never happened. And, as the movie tried to – I don't know if they – I doubt they were doing this on purpose. But he's saying that there's a, there's a closed loop, but it's a double loop. Loop, 
where it's like that Marty's going to go back and wreck everything and come back to the ruined. So that way, now it's a closed loop, except it repeats two different ways. That could be it, because because in Back to the Future 2, it establishes, uh, you know, the, it, it very clearly makes the thing of these are two alternate timelines. And first of all, the, the idea that you can get back to the original timeline. Well, right. well here, the, one of the big things... Okay, no, no, no. You can one go back the, to the point of divergence. One of the big things about, about uh, Back to the Future time travel is it does not take into account the butterfly effect at all. It's it doesn't it, the butterfly effect yeah. is not part of it. It's just gross yeah. changes. Like this guy, you just have to accept that his parents lived an entirely different life and bought the same house. Yeah, these guys, <laughs> these you know, it, it's totally that. It's the parents either suck or they're cool. Like like just binary changes. It's not because if if you really wanted to pursue it, it's like what are really the odds that these parents had this completely different way of getting together, and yet but they still had, had sex at the they exact had same sex time. at the exact, the exact same, same moment, sperm same, and egg sperm. Yeah, exactly. three, three times. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's like, eh, no, but but that's the way Back to the Future time travel works. Right. It's like just broad changes and stuff like that. Um, hey, if you have sex on Valentine's Day. Yeah. But this, this um, what I wanted to get into, I, I think one of the, the reason that this movie works, even though we can talk about that and we can continue bringing that up, I mean, when the picture shows up, I don't even remember. Has the picture even been established yet? Picture? No. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I think no, that no, comes yeah. in late. Yeah, the picture, that's completely the ticking yeah, clock. Yeah, he, he shows that to Doc okay. later. Yeah. Um, when the picture comes up, we can totally talk I, I about how... I know this movie so pic- well. And the picture, is, the picture is, is one of the lamest things. Yeah. And it's just one of those visual representations to, you have to have but it's a, it's, it's, of a ticking clock. It's so great as a ticking yeah. clock that you don't even think about it. But we'll talk about it when we get there. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. You know, it's like, but it's like, hey, yeah, it's... Well, a, yeah, you know. well there's... I mean, that aspect is... There's this other aspect to the time travel... Of it's not unique to Back to the Future, but Back to the Future is the clearest example of it. That there's this sort of like delayed wave of sure. effects of the that's, time. That's, you know, when he alters the timeline, Millennium line, went that way too. That, that when you go back and change something, that there's a that, that literally there's a time quake a ripple, that yeah. ripples upward. Yeah. You know, and if if it's so devastating, it's it's destructive, and you know things will completely be obliterated. But there is a it's not instantaneous. There is a certain amount of delay that operates by some physical rules that we don't know right. where it's. I change the the future. I change the past, and then you know, five seconds later, the the future. Well, that's that's the only result. way to make sense of Back to the Future Two, where where future Biff goes back, changes the past, and yet manages to get back to the original timeline, so right. Marty and, and Doc can get the car again. But, Which nobody in this room is a temporal physicist, so we don't know. Yeah, maybe it could work that way. But the the more important thing, and the thing I wanted to get to, and was referencing he rips before, the the page right out <laughs> yeah. of the phone book that. People I, do that all the time. That's in a movies. kick the dog move, kick the dog <laughs> moment for me. I just can't can't get on board with that kind of wants and civil destruction. <laughs> but uh, I, the, I just like the line where it's it's a perfectly logical line, but it's it's also ridiculous. The fact that he looks him up and goes, "Great, you're alive." Well, well of course he's alive. It's thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, but but he, like, he still thinks line. it's a dream. Yeah. So he's still convincing himself that it's yeah. real versus not a dream. But uh, the the important thing in what we were talking about before we we started uh, recording this is. Um, a lot of those things don't make sense in terms of the the plot if you really sit down and think about them. But because this movie makes an emotional kind of sense, and that's the distinction, it has this. It has an emotional logic to it, as as uh, you know, as much of an oxymoron as that term may be. Um, no, you don't care while you're watching it. You're like, this makes sense. I'm watching people behaving like people, right. and they're people that I like watching behave like people, and that's what matters. I just want to see them succeed in whatever they're trying to do. So the fact that Marty is a character that we like, the fact that Doc is a character that we like, that gets us past all of the the logic problems because we're willing to go along with it to watch them tell their story. And the fact that 
every everything that everybody does in the cause and effect relationship between between their relationships. You know, Marty does A, so therefore Doc does B, and that cause and effect always makes sense for the most part. That's the emotional logic of this story and of any story, and that I think goes back to the idea that the 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 invention of stories, the idea of stories and the sociological function they serve is to go... Ooh, he's oh, going, he's going. I'm going there. Uh, <laughs> oh, is, boy. Is the idea that they're... You know, a, the function of a story as a tool that human beings created is to go, okay, this is how human beings should or should not behave. Here you go as an example of that. And so that's that's why stories were invented, however many tens or hundreds of thousands of years ago. So that's like the the functional necessity of stories. And as long as that works, then you can add whatever crazy magic bean stuff you want around it. But that and that goes back to saying, you know, as long as the as long as the characters are human and are doing human things and are behaving in a human way, then it makes sense. Then we buy into it. Right. What am and I so supposed to learn? It doesn't matter about- if they're on an alien planet or using a time machine. Are the am I are the people that I'm watching are they human beings and are they behaving like human beings and as long as they are doing that then I totally buy what yeah is happening. and am I learning something about being a human being exactly. from telling that and story? how to and how to relate to other human beings right and and a lot of stories nowadays the the reason that we have the arguments about well this doesn't make sense and blah, blah blah even though it might not be even nearly as egregious as Back to the Future in some cases is because they've already lost us on the aspect of there is no human being in the story that I'm engaging yeah. with or care about. So I'm watch. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm purely analyzing it for the, uh, right. The, because I'm know, not engaged in, in, in the actual behavior of it. I think that's the great, I, I think we're in a, a dark age of cinema and the fact <laughs> that most of the, the mass media that is out right now does not even approach that level of, 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 um, well, just comprehension just yeah. of of uh, confidence. Oh, wow, I'm so drunk I can't. <laughs> even Brian, right Brian. I just noticed something, Brian. Yeah, uh, he's parked right inside of his house. Yeah, he's peeping at Lorraine's house from across the street. So even in the universe, they live across the street from each other. I never put that together. Is that true, or is he yeah, just no, parked true. across? He's the street? parked. That's his house in the background. That's yeah. George McFly's house. He's looking into. I think he's looking into Lorraine. Yeah, it would be Lorraine's house over there. So this in the universe. No, no, no. I don't think that street. is Lorraine's house. I don't think it is. We well, never why is your dad driving a, right there? That's a random. He's driving past. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's a so why that's is some she random her girl. Off and someone else. Oh, okay. That's some random girls. Because you, house. you don't see that it's Lorraine. You yeah, know? you don't. Ah. You see a girl. He's just. I don't. I don't think the point of it is that it is Lorraine. It's no, but he yells random. at the he yells at the mom right there. There it is. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Across the street from the house. It's Lorraine. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, well, he was always so, into so, Lorraine. There's a, and then he, cool. but then he runs away. I mean, if he's the kid literally across the street, they know who he is. You know, yeah, whether yeah. that she hangs out with him at school. Yeah, I don't think that's that's he is. Although uh, that also, was his house and her house. Also, in terms of a of a storytelling thing, it's interesting to think about this movie in terms of uh, you can make an argument that Marty is not actually the protagonist. He's the main character, but the protagonist is actually George. Yeah. The person with the yeah. arc is George. Marty is the mentor character. We're, we're watching the Obi Wan. Marty doesn't change. Marty is the Obi Wan. Doesn't really yeah. change. Mike, Marty. can you just shut the fuck up while my mind is still in one yeah. piece? Yeah. <laughs> Marty doesn't change. Marty. Marty wants things to be the same. He yeah. is here to make things, you know, come back to normal again. Yeah, he wants to make. Marty's things, a Republican. He wants to make things right, but he screws them up before. Well, he screwed them up as of this moment. He's yeah. trying yeah. to fix them. Here's where it's going to go very, very wrong. He winds up fixing them b- better than when he left. It, Which, is, it, it is funny how how just a, just a, this moment was you know that they were literally concerned about this this 
aspect of the movie. This whole, you know, this the whole Freudian aspect. mom incest thing. Be. It's it's weird. It's pretty. It's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to contemplate that they got away with it, you know, and uh, and and were so successful with it. To this day, it blows my mind the fact that this is a mainstream. You know, I don't know if they were thinking in terms of this is a kids movie, but obviously it it was and it is. This is a kids movie, and this is serious Freudian yeah. shit going on. <laughs> kids get it. They're totally. No. Um, I think kids get it on the humor level. Yeah. I don't think they get it on the like the. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Level. Um, it's, it's older people who are like, It was a wonderful college. Did you guys see the college humor video? Not the cracked video. The college humor one where it's Marty is having sex with his mom in the car. <laughs> and then he has to go back and send another him to have to stop them from having sex. In, but he just joins in. And, yeah. it's like, <laughs> and it just goes from twosome to threesome to foursome oh. to fivesome. Oh, yeah. wow. And you thought Kyle Reese had a hard decision to make. <laughs> Damn. But uh, it, it's also interesting to, to note that I think one of the reasons this movie is so successful is that it, it can connect on so many levels. It's connecting on the level of it's just funny. They're being silly, and there's you know, yeah. they, you know, uh, uh, Doc is very silly, so you can connect when this you're a little kid. There's a great pratfall right there. Yeah, that's great. Now it's like that every morning at Mike's house. Aww. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. but hang on. <laughs> and when, we we made it forty. That's, 45 yeah. minutes almost. That's 45 right. I, minutes almost without making a Parkinson's joke. We needed joke. to get okay? it out of the way. There, it's done. It's oh, we were talking about him. I thought you were talking about me. I'm like, I don't get the joke. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I fall over when not, I put him in. Not you, Mike. That, yeah. Actually, probably, it's, it's, I've, I've been tainted by working with Barry Bostwick uh-huh. um, because Barry Bostwick was on Spin City with Michael J. Fox for however many years. And apparently, he, he always calls, whenever he talks about him, he refers to, apparently, if you know Michael J. Fox, he's called Mike. Ah. So, that's, I just... I feel like I know Michael J. Fox. I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to go with like. Apparently, if you know Michael J. Fox, you can make fun of Parkinson's all day. All long. day. I, I think. I, if you think, if you literally do, I think you literally can. Yeah. I, I'm not actually at that level, but. But um, it was. It was interesting that Barry always refers to him as Mike. Mike Fox. Uh, that's what. Uh, apparently, if you're on the inside, that's what you call him. Uh, the other thing about uh, the the if you so if you're a kid, you just appreciate that Doc Brown is silly and this you know actiony. And, he does and crazy faces. Yeah. Um, you know, as a teenager, you can appreciate the idea of. I don't want to grow up to be my parents, but it's visualized yes. in the sense of I don't want my parents to grow up to be my parents either, you know, <laughs> yeah. so you can actually fix it. And if you're an adult, you can look and go, this is about kind of second chances being like, oh, those mistakes I made when I was young, like yeah. I can undo oh, them. If I, if I could just go back, if and, I could just if I could go back to high school and tell myself what I know now, and, and don't be an idiot. Yeah. And this movie is all about that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the thing is the second. So, so this movie is about Marty fixing his family. The next movie is also kind of about Marty fixing his family, mm-hmm. and I think that's the problem that people have with the third movie. The third I've never, I've never super like disliked the third one because I grew up I. with it. I liked I, it. I like it a lot. But I see people's objection, or, or, or they may not be able to articulate it, but I think people's objection to it may be it doesn't feel like the same story because it's not about Marty's family. It's right. not about Marty saving his family. You can make an argument that Doc kind of is his family, but it's not about fixing the future. Something it, has not broken in the past. It, it's that he not. Has to fix. It's not as neat as one and two are. I mean, yeah. in this sense that i think i mean i, I mean the Marty's... climax of bike to the future 2 is one of the greatest climaxes yeah. of all time and recreating that entire setup and yeah. set piece yeah. from the first one and adding another dimension to it honestly i mean although I, to be it, fair if you if you actually think about it it's not like it's not like he changed anything he just walked through the set piece from the the original right. one it's not like he interacted with it other than he, just was, walking he was only past adding it. he wasn't he wasn't changing any of the stakes that we knew existed from the first one. All the stakes that existed in, in the second one were only added in the sure. second one because yeah. they didn't. When they made the first one, they didn't know of the course, second yeah. one was going to yeah. come. Obviously, had they, 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 they made they, the two and the three simultaneously, simultaneously. They made the two yeah, and the three simultaneously. I think Honestly, it, 
And in case we never do the second and third, I'll go ahead and blow my load about them right <laughs> now in the sense that I think it would have been better structured had they made the Old West number two and the climax of the entire trilogy had been going back to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. That probably would have been good. Yeah. I think you know structurally, if you're looking at all three movies as one story, that would have worked better. Because part of the problem is the Old West has nothing to do with the other stuff. Right. If, if Marty yeah. hadn't succeeded, it's like, well, Doc gets shot and that sucks, but it's 1955. He was going to be dead by now anyway. Right. You know, it's like you're not really saving anything other than we like Doc, so let's go back and save him. Right. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with Marty's family. They do show up, which, by the way, why do they look like Marty and Lorraine when they would be his paternal ancestors? But anyway, uh, (laughs) at that point, you have to accept that that this this universe is like got those kind of loops in it. Yeah, I mean, the movie even does that. Even even hangs a lantern on the old idea. So this is uh, Teague. What's the actual name of this place? Bramble House, the something house. Yeah, Bramble Planter Platter. It's it's a historical or Bramble House. Historical classic house in uh, Pasadena. Beautiful, beautiful place. Tourist attraction. You can actually do tours and stuff. No one actually uh, lives there. But the the the, uh, the movie by this point, uh, at some point, they they you know Doc says. You know, because Marty asked the question like he often does. Well, why is this day always the day where all this shit's happening? And he goes, well, because of the temporal thing, or it could just be a big coincidence. I mean, they just go, look, just if you're not on board now, come on. We're these movies. The the garage of the house of of this great big... Which is like an architectural gamble house. Is what it's Gam- gamble, gamble house. house. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, which is like an architectural uh, tourist attraction at this point. Uh, the garage of it is a separate standalone building, and that's yeah. the o- that's the only thing that's uh, is still standing in the Back to the Future universe of Doc. Yeah. Of, so Doc they just Brown's recreated estate. that. They just next to a that. next to a Burger King. And in real life, the standalone garage now is the bookstore, which is just blows my mind for some reason, and I can't even articulate why. <laughs> that a garage turns into a bookstore. Well, it's just that like I was standing, we we were standing in the bookstore gift shop of this place, and that's Doc Brown's. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Doc made the time this machine. This is where he built the time this machine. Is why don't you appreciate? Let me guess. The this is where you the want to sell me a subscription yeah. to the Saturday Evening Post. And, and if I remember right, T, confirm. Oh, no, I put my butt on everything. Yeah. To confirm or deny this, but there was no actual like Back to the Future. Not a damn Not a thing, fucking right? thing. What? How <laughs> many is... architecture fags are there? How many Back to the it's... Future fags are there? And how many Firefly flags are there? Because that's also um, Young River. That's the that's, that's the house that her and Zac Efron hang out River in. And uh. River Tam's By the way, home. Young Simon is Zac Efron. Yes. I learned that. Isn't that doesn't that hurt your head? <laughs> no, I that dis- has been an insightful comment. Yeah, yeah, on this down no, in front. I, di- I I discovered that like I was looking at at IMDb for some reason, and I was like, he was Young Simon. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Could, could you could you recall? Because I had to watch the episode again. But you were just I pulled able it to, back up in my head, and yeah. I'm like, that fucking totally was him. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god! To me, that was on the same level of great travesties as I went to the uh, the say the Holocaust. Just get yourself out of this now. The, the, <laughs> the Holocaust and whatever Stalin did, but also Paul Pot. <laughs> Um, the Starfleet, the forefront, the building thing that they use in the composites for Starfleet Academy on Star Trek is actually the, the, the water treatment plant, the water treatment plant in Van Nuys. And it's a very nice Japanese garden attached to it, which plays the campus. And so I went there one time cause I was kind of in that neighborhood. It's actually kind of weird by where you live, uh, Mike. Uh, and so I went into their little like gift shop and souvenir shop, Star Trek stuff, nothing, not a goddamn Star <laughs> Trek thing. Well, if you go to the Griffith Observatory, you have to go through the tunnel from Back to the Future 2, where he's like, Biff is trying to crush him with right. the Buick. 
at the Griffith Observatory. <laughs> Nothing but space shit. Where, <laughs> Am I right? Whereas, if you go to the castle where they shot Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they have all kinds of memorabilia. Because <laughs> they, they know, they know where their yeah. paycheck is coming That's from. Right. I paid three dollars to park at that parking lot of that Japanese garden. Everyone, everyone, uh, just to s- do you know that you're Starfleet? Just ask the guy <laughs> at the, the gift shop. Just to, and, and often they don't. That's the sad <laughs> thing. Just to segue radically, but it, it'll make sense in a sec, possibly. Is um, um, has everyone seen? If we should reference it, just for any anyone who has um, Biff's question song on YouTube. Yes, uh, of course. Um, Stop asking me the question. Yeah. So look it up. Uh, the, the actual actor's name. Uh, Thomas Biff? F. Wilson. Thomas F. Wilson. Thomas. Wilson. Who's in the informants? <laughs> he's been a lot of. He's been other he's, stuff. He's all over he, the place. He, he is kind of stuck being Biff for life, and and he 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 knows that. And Thomas Wilson's Type, go to YouTube, type in Thomas Wilson's song. Yeah. I actually got to see him perform that live, I think, for like the first time. We happened to He's be at the improv. He's updated it, too. And he was there just like as an opener for, I think, either Patton Oswalt or Sarah Silverman or someone was there who he'd gone to see. And Thomas Wilson comes up, and he sings that song. And we're all like, holy, holy shit, <laughs> man, this is the best thing that has ever happened. And it's, then it went on the YouTube. If, if front you have, alum Jake Lloyd opened for Tom Wilson yeah, a couple nice. times. If you happen to not know it, but go look it up because it's very fun. But it's a song about how for the past 30 years people have been asking him the same questions about Back to the Future so he wrote a song that has all the answers to Will it. you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? <laughs> yes, exactly. What it's does a, the key grip do? I don't know. But Stop asking I saw a recent uh, an updated version where he, you know, because he's now he once he did that song it became a big thing on YouTube. Um, now he now of course he has to perform it regularly because now they want him to do that song every time he does a performance so he does that so he has been Poor updating guy. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's he like can't, you gotta he run can't not it. be pigeonholed. Anyway, I just happened to just recently see you know um, and some of his other novelty songs are great too. But uh, it, I saw a recently a uh, version where it was someone in a club had recorded him doing it again, um, and instead of doing the same question three times as the refrain, now he actually will do. He's packed in more questions, um, and and one of the one of the ones he's added is um, what you know like what's Michael J. Fox like. He's nice. You know, in the original version, he repeats it three times. Now he does it three different actors. So I was like, what's, what's Michael J. Fox nice? He's nice. What's, Who's the uh, nicest guy in Hollywood? Adam yeah, Sandler. Exactly. No, it's, the next line is, uh, what's, uh, what's uh, that actor's name? Christopher Lloyd. What's Christopher Lloyd like? Kind of quiet. Um, what's, what's, Which, uh, by the way, so we, we, we went to see the triple feature of Back to the Future. And don't, Chris- don't put me in this. <laughs> you were there. You were there. And you did nothing. Uh, and Christopher Lloyd was one of the guests. He was the, obviously the biggest guest of it. Quietest individual of all human beings yeah. to have ever lived, past, present, and future. Yeah. The the poor like New Beverly worker who was you know had to hand them the microphones and had the little like mixer board off to the side. Every time somebody would ask him a question, he yeah, and you would just see her like slide up the little slider on the mixer board as far <laughs> yeah. as it would go. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a. I was I, like, I, you're talk, You did this with your face. <gasps> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I was disappointed because people can be whoever they are. But when I got when oh, yeah, I my favorite Martian when I did my favorite Martian and our our digital character worked almost exclusively with you know Christopher Lloyd. So every every plate we shot was Christopher Lloyd reacting to you know me going here's kind of what he's gonna do kind of something like this. Sometimes we had a guy actually stand in to do it. Um, but you know, I did a lot of shots with with Christopher Lloyd. I love if you. Trey. If you met Christopher Lloyd walking down the street, you don't see no Doc Brown. It's yeah. like if you go, "Hey, you're Christopher Lloyd." He goes, "I am Christopher Lloyd." He, you know, he doesn't. He it's, it's boy, talk about wow. a guy who puts it all on screen. Yeah. <laughs> 
is that's Christopher Lloyd. He he, you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how quiet he is. I mean, it's, it's like your boy, he's like it your boy and grandpa. It's, it's yeah, literally. It's like when when we're when he's not shooting, he goes over, he sits in the chair, and he's just he's just sitting there. You, you might think you know you'll make conversation. He's not unfriendly at all. You go hey Christopher, you know, but he's just. You know, he's just, mm, he's in whatever headspace he's in, and then you you know, okay, Chris, could you okay stand here, okay, and and we're taking it from okay, and action, <laughs> suddenly it's and then he hits you with it, boom, <laughs> he, he goes you know, he goes from zero to Christopher Lloyd. I it's, got some Chris you know. Lloyd on my face. I, I think I think Again. My, my favorite bit from the I, I must have seen an updated version then because yeah. because it was all the other actors and yeah. which Crispin I, Glover like you, he's he's unusual yeah that was it that was that was the one what's Crispin Glover like unusual <laughs> stop yeah. asking me the question see here's the problem I have with the photograph is the fact that the brother is disappearing in bits yeah yeah yes. no that was my yeah. thing I was yeah. like so there's an alternate reality where, where he, has, he no just head? has no head and they took a picture of yeah now even as a kid I was like eh? yeah. We went to this place, by the way. It's all. It's all. It's actually there's incidentally a, a, of all the places in Back to the Future, this place is covered in bars. Ah, uh, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's by the way, we couldn't actually get on the grounds itself. There's got. There's got to the be street. some kind of trope for the idea of like changing the past because it's happened most recently in Deathly Hollows Part One as well. How like, do you know it hasn't happened a million times? Yeah, well, it probably has, but I'm saying I can only think of the two well, examples. What if somebody went back in time and erased that trope from existence? Yeah. What but, if someone went back in time and invented a Michael so we could have Courtney one? So her, Hermione makes her parents forget that she existed, and you see that visually because she disappears from a bunch of family photos. And but it's very sad. It's very sad, and it's very emotional. Again, the emotional logic trumping the actual logic, in a sense, because you watch it and you're like, wow, that's really impactful. But then you think about it for a second, you're like... Did the room redecorate itself? So, did, but, but there's all these pictures where she disappears from, and several of them are school photos. So it's like, what Who? What did they take a picture of? Are they going to be looking honey, at that? Honey, can we like, get some random pictures honey, of children in school? Sure, yeah. yeah can, we get, can we get some pictures of just a blank photographic backdrop? That sounds like a great – like they've got to be walking around after the amnesia hits, you know, after the obliviate spell hits, being like, what – why do we have this picture framed? Do you remember? I, it's never occurred to me to question it. I before. knew a guy at the Dave School who uh, didn't have sad. He didn't have any like friends or family really. He was kind of an inward guy, but he had a nice apartment because he was an inward guy and he worked his ass off. So he was, you know, he was basically like Edward Norton in the beginning of Fight Club, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a bunch of frames with nice looking, beautiful pictures and of gorgeous people in them. And I'm like, oh, who's this? He's like, I don't know. It's just the picture they printed up and put in the frame. Yeah, it <laughs> came with the frame. <laughs> like, sucks. wow. There's, there's. That's freaky. Wow, Mike. Uh, an interesting thing that they King that of they, sound effects. Yeah. They one thing that that could have been interesting if they'd done it with the uh with the picture. And again, this would not I I don't know if this I don't think this would necessarily have improved the film. I don't think the film needs improving, but another thing they could have done with it that could have made sense is if every time he looks at the photo, like it's like that Simpsons episode where he was traveling through time and he'd come back to the he'd come back to the future and things would be different and he'd keep going back trying to reset it and like there was one where you know he was rich and it rained donuts but he left before he found that out um, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> the which greatest is like, Treehouse of Horror of all time yeah that's, that's the greatest tragedy like I've never gotten over the fact that it's like if he had stayed for five more seconds yeah. he would have been so happy poor Homer but um, if, if that's what they did with the picture like every time he looks at the picture it's like a completely different family or it's like this oh, utter this totally cool. different world where he was like oh shit I can't go back to that one yeah i gotta keep yeah. trying i gotta keep, keep trying doing. something now, has that, gone horribly that, that, that's, that's like, like, did, yeah. like yeah. a sliders kind of aspect like is this one cool nope not, okay yeah. oh that sucks. one looks really cool marty you're not in that one. Oh shit yeah i yeah. gotta yeah. on the wait, subject wait, of the, the picture, fence isn't squeaky let's move yeah. on on the subject of the picture it became a thing the last year uh that they had a uh not a replica there's a props place that sells like movie props right and you can buy indiana jones's whip for 50 grand or something 
they found the original made-up composite picture of Eric Stoltz and his brother that's oh. half gone. Oh, wow. And they sold that. I don't nice. remember how much it sold for, but it was like, holy that's, shit. That's a fucking collectible. Eric yeah. Stoltz, yeah. Is, is that the guy from Caprica? <laughs> yeah. I don't know oh. what any of those words mean, actually. I don't know <laughs> what any of those words I knew is. It's is. the guy from Mask. Anyway, yeah, but we went who to the should, Who does not deserve an Oscar for that, by the That's way. That's right, because you couldn't <laughs> see his face. But, but our digital character that played opposite Christopher Lloyd does. Oh, Crispin Glover. He's his dad's nuts too. Yeah, <laughs> who is his dad? His dad is uh, Danny Glover. N- no, <laughs> so it's actually mom is the real story. Figure that out. <laughs> mom is the real interesting one in that crowd. Uh, what's his name? John Glover is that his name? He played he played a villain in one of the uh, Bond movies. He's, oh, he plays, John okay. Glover sounds like a name I've heard. No, it's not John Glover though. That's a different actor. It's a different. Uh, it's another guy, but he played uh, he played what Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid from uh, from uh, Diamonds Are Forever, I believe. And uh, these two, like, strangely, probably gay killers who, you know, they're like secondary villains. And they're just, they're both these weird fucking guys. Uh, so, yeah. Crispin Glover. Have any of you seen Willard? No. Yep. Not, well, not, I own not the new one. I've seen the original. But, but no, uh, no, I mean the Crispin Glover Not Willard. the remake, no. Uh, okay. Don't nod, Teague. Tell us the story. <laughs> <laughs> one day I was watching Willard. <laughs> Good story. And then I cool was story, bro. the same. Why is why isn't Billy Zane in the crowd here? I think he shows up in the second one, doesn't he? He's, no, no, no. He, he's 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 no, in the he's crowd. Part of the crowd. It's like, yeah. but there's Casey Zemashko and the third guy. But yeah, uh, he's part of Biscayne. But, no, he, we saw him. Hurt. Billy Zane yeah. is the is the fourth guy. Billy Zane. Yeah, but uh, he's not in this scene for whatever reason. Oh, didn't that guy but, ever have hair? Casey 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 Zemashko, whose uh, credit is 3D because he's the 3D glasses kid there. Um, I actually met him when he first came to L.A. and was trying to be an actor and, and was going out on a bunch of auditions. And he became like a thing. This was like an early p- part for him. Then he became like a leading man and was in a bunch of movies. Um, most The best one uh, of the bunch was 3 O'Clock High. If you've ever seen 3 O'Clock High, it's a great, a great movie. Really unsung uh, classic. What happened to him? I don't know what happened to him. He 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 uh, he you know he did a bunch of starring roles and, uh, and a bunch of, to the point where he was already a big deal by the time Back to the Future was made. And I remember at least one one uh, review I read of Back to the Future two said it's so weird that they put a big actor like Casey Zemashko in that movie and don't don't give him anything to do. <laughs> and it's like he's being him his character. Never mind. <laughs> he was already never mind. But uh, it's Billy Zane is the one that kind of freaks me out all the more. It's kind of yeah. like, wow, that's Billy Zane. Look at that. He's going to grow up and be in Titanic and a bunch of other movies. Well, I mean, the real mindfuck is, is five-year-old Elijah Wood in Back yeah. to the Future too. It's also it's, who, who is he in that? He's he's, he's, a, he's a little kid that says, "You have to use your hands." That's a baby's toy. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah. there you go. But uh, it's it's also interesting. He hasn't the, gotten any taller. Yeah. He, the <laughs> idea he's he's. Uh, uh, Marty is just like at the school and the, the principal or the dean or whoever he is comes up and I only realized it just now when Biff was like since you're new here I'm going to cut you a break I'm like so he just walked in and became a student and everyone just accepted it <laughs> it was like, fifty. It was pre-9-11 <laughs> yeah you didn't have no metal detectors no nothing yeah like now, that I, amazing and I feel like in the butterfly effect, saying the words Darth Vader and Planet Vulcan would have a larger effect on the popular culture than Marty would probably. You know, I, I always gave that one a pass because I always figured that uh, he actually probably wouldn't remember specifically the words. So he would come yeah. up with like you know, dark. Yeah, he said he said I am Darth Vader and I'm Ralph Nader. Or and, he'd probably uh, he, like, you know, the I, planet fucking in a, in. 
over the course of the next 20 years until that movie came out, he probably would have just convinced himself that was all a dream and forgotten a lot of the details. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I mean, because no. the payoff to that setup is that that's the, the book. basis he for, for Match Made in book Space. Yeah, Match Made in Space. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, but, but uh, like, you got to be impressed by how resourceful and smart Marty is. He's like, all right, he likes sci-fi. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> and he does it, do this, yeah. and it immediately works. He's like, Darth Vader told me to melt my brains if I didn't <laughs> yeah. ask him out for the dance. And okay, you'd be like, let's keep that to yeah, ourselves. Yeah. You, and, you and me, we're going to just – I, I, I'm glad it worked, but I'm a little scared how much it worked. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to move Seriously, forward. How did you even find the hole to make me be born Yeah, in? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> The clitoris is on the top, That's literally what he says. He goes, Jesus, George is amazing. I was ever born. I mean, that's got to be a sad thing to, to, you know, like, wow. There it was, yeah. Yeah, dad, Jesus Christ, man. Golly. I don't know about you guys, but my dad was a firefighter, so that's, there you go. (laughs) He was good at poles? (laughs) He found the hole, god damn it. He slept with a bunch of guys every night. Hi, Brian's mom. (laughs) (laughs) We know you listen. Hi, mom. How you doing? Slept in a big dorm with a bunch of sweaty guys. (laughs) Thought, well, you know. quote, fires, quote. Quote, unquote. <laughs> he was a fireman. God, Brian, it's amazing you were ever born. <laughs> <laughs> My parents had sex exactly two times, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> never again or before. <laughs> yeah, they would never do that. Oh, I used dear. to think, by the way, my it, I remember my seven-year-old version of what sex was was because that was before I thought that sex was cool or it was anything interesting about it. It was like I understand the mechanics, but I don't understand the like the the sort of <laughs> the point. Wait, the, whoa, the whoa, point. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The emotions. And you all understood that? the mechanics of sex at seven years old. Yeah, that explains you, doesn't it? What? What? I sort of hi Brian's mom. Anyway, no, um, no, but yeah, but I understood the mechanics of it way before I understood the hormones or the emotions or any of that stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of icky. And but I recall thinking that sex happened when two adults lied on the bed, mostly with their clothes on, and they undid their flies because I just learned about flies that week. And they zipped down their flies and they put the parts together and they sort of lied on the bed and waited for it to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like magic. That was, you, 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 there's a timer. That's put, pretty put, much the understanding of sex in the Twilight movies yeah. as well. <laughs> Just put part A into part B and wait for it to happen. And, wait for and the I magic. thought it was this, I remember thinking it was like, is it done yet? Being a part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? So it's basically this is, listen, how insects have sex. Yeah. 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 Listen, that is not the understanding of sex in the Twilight movies. If you know, If you know what happens in Breaking Dawn where they actually do it, no, that's some serious, like, that's letting go of the repression, like, to the extreme. <laughs> Beds are being destroyed and stuff in that story, awesome. man. I haven't seen the movie, but, the like, the that book was the best, where it's like, well, oh, this movie, this story finally understood well, I think we can it's a horror that, story and has sex in it. I think we can assume that after the first book came out, the author finally did get laid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that must be what And it her is. experience of it was, uh, was, was quite something. So here's Billy Zane is showing up in this group anyway. He showed up to get covered in manure. Was yeah. that real manure? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Let's see if any of these these babies are yeah, uh, that's famous. Right. <laughs> that's right, everyone. Now. That's uh, there's uh, Sean Penn. Yeah, exactly. Is, uh, you can see all the scratches from previous takes. Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah. Uh, there's well, a, someone lost their job over that one. <laughs> this is this is another aspect of it's interesting by the way that this is that Zemeckis did these movies and then did Forrest Gump because there's an aspect especially in this one of oh he invented skateboarding he invented uh you rock know, and roll rock and roll and, and he, the, he invented the hanging out with Vixen yeah, exactly <laughs> and ping pong but 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 again there's the aspect of oh Marty went back and he invented that and that's how that came to be versus no he just he just did that and that happened to also be a thing in his, so someone else invented it yeah. in his timeline but then he was the one who invented it in 
Yeah, the no. movie, the movie well, is a, kind of having it both ways yeah. about how you know these things were inevitable because he already will have done those things, yeah. and then other By things the way, get changed. This is unbelievably. Oh, not this part. The part where he goes, the, the skateboard goes under the car, and he goes over the car. Still one of the best stunts ever. Yeah, <laughs> just like that blew my fucking <laughs> yeah. mind. I, can, I mean, we need to take a second at some point to to say Zemeckis can visually direct the fuck out of a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, just the, the sense of I mean. He's as Trey was saying in the beginning. Yeah, there you go. That's an amazing stunt. Except, although you, except it never actually happens. Yeah. Well, I know, but shut up. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, he didn't go off the skateboard then back onto it. Yeah, so. it was done in cuts. David Mamet is happy. Yeah, um, but it, Zemeckis and Spielberg are right there together in terms of being able to choreograph a scene and go, okay, here's here's the most efficient way to plant the camera here and capture right. this piece and capture that piece and the way to cut it together. Yeah. And there's, there's, I mean, in many Zemeckis movies, um, I mean, Contact, he did a lot yeah. of, you know, uh, but staging, staging within right. the camera. Right. As He's just one of those guys that just, you know, and that's why he, he, he was so eager to transition into the all-digital movie, because physical restrictions on the camera were gone. Right. So I had never hot. noticed George was in that shot before. Yeah. George McFly was in oh. that shot where he's like, See? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And George McFly's behind him and he goes, aw, and he leaves the crowd. Mm. I'd never noticed that in that shot before. See, this is an exemplar of that kind of film. There's so much. There's so many watch. This is like the opposite 50. of Spider-Man 2 for Brian. Yeah. Every shot's times. like, and that's why the movie's great. Amazing. Yeah. But in this case, it it does it is a good example. In each case, like every shot, he's thinking about it and being right. like, there's extra things and going every, on. Yeah, every shot, there's more than one thing happening. And it's like, if you only catch the the top level thing, that's fine. Yeah. You follow the story. But you, the second level, and the third level, and the fourth level, there's all there's, stuff to. Bring. There's reasons to rewatch it. You yes. you get a bigger appreciation exactly. for it. By the way, wait, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> he just was watching a video of himself for like half an hour, uh-huh. and then he says, "Marty, uh, Marty says I have to tell you about that tape." He's like, "No, won't you know enough about his own destiny?" You just watched a tape of yourself for half an hour. Okay. That's true. Do you remember how earlier today you were on Facebook and you were like, fuck, I should not be on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> the same. Situation. I think that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a hard thing to turn away from. He was getting addicted like, to watching oh, himself. Oh, something really bad happens to me in the future. Can I and, also- of course, and, of course, the payoff of the joke is he can't help himself. Yeah. You know, later yeah. he's going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. It's more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> Come on. Can I, can I also point out that it's there's sort of it's sort of a joke, but also sort of true when he's he's looking at the video camera. He's like, my God, no wonder your president is an actor. You have to look good on camera. That's it's, joke. It's totally true. But that's also a fact. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Kennedy won over Nixon, for example, you know, back in the day. That is true. And that, the reason Reagan became the nominee and the president is because the Republicans realized that. And right. Like, okay, well, we... That guy won because he was pretty good looking, so we should get our best looking. Guy. He was just good on guy. camera. Yeah. Let's yeah. just make that happen. Yeah. So, and so a joke, also not a joke. <laughs> Two levels right R- there. Ronald Reagan, the very beginning in human history of Poe's law going into effect. <laughs> I think, like, because it's it's a joke here in Back to the Future of, of course, your your president has to be an actor. He has to be on TV all the time. Yeah. That that is so absurd that it cannot possibly be true. Yeah, and yet it is true. But now being president is like a a form of performance art. That's oh, basically yeah. <laughs> what's going on. As Since, Herman Cain has yeah, exactly. found out. <laughs> Not to date this podcast at all. Yeah. There we go. I always thought this was his his, his facial expression here. Yeah. Is he's a cartoon. Just pure cartoony. Yeah. yeah. I always thought this was this was to me was whether or not it was really meant to be that way is that this is. 
a nice bit of foreshadowing. I was going to say the, exactly the idea the that thing. you can just from the sound of it, and maybe it's just somebody in post just said, "Hey, what if this?" You know, but the fire extinguisher is almost empty. Um. So, so the the idea that you know the Doc huh. Brown the Doc Brown Mansion burns down later because he doesn't have a full fire extinguisher mm. anymore because the car caught on fire. So, <laughs> I Trey, love why do you movie. do that to Brian? Now <laughs> he's going to be. <laughs> See, look at what you did. Yeah. It's also a cute little bit of foreshadowing because the the car it, keeps going and crashes into the movie big, theater, a, which is exactly what it and does. And also, later. right there, you know, he just he keeps a giant wastebasket full of oily rags. I mean, <laughs> clearly, clearly, you know, flame is inevitable. Trey, she has a name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, I'll do. I'll try again. Trey, the man has a disease. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm sorry, Leah Thompson was on screen, so you know, no one was thinking about anything. <sighs> And also, it's uh, amazing how much traction Howard the Duck got in Brian's life. Yeah. Also, straight off of this. Also, a long-term setup payoff thing going on. Everything that she was saying, I would never have done that when I was a kid. When she was talking to the daughter, yeah. totally doing. everything she yeah. does in this movie. In one sentence, stalking fucking. I would never Martin. have sat in a car with a boy, yeah. or, or drank with a boy, or smoked with a boy, boy out, or anything else. And she does all those things, just like you know your mom does. Well, not your mom, Brian. <laughs> Everyone My mom else was a mom. saint. Everyone <laughs> else's mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. I'm gonna call you as soon as this podcast <laughs> yeah. is over. He's drinking. We're gonna talk Mrs. about Nifter. things that are not sex. <laughs> Anything. Or you. Or you. <laughs> oh God, this is weird. Only <laughs> you. Remember our song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, I hear laughter in the rain. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah, I love. Oh, we, I love that look. That Doc can't even. Uh, he can't even help himself. He knows how wrong it is. Oh, like, all, hey, they're stunned. It's all about. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> his reactions. Have, have, have because, you met Marty? Because <laughs> even Doc Brown gets a look at her and goes, "Really? <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. Okay. I mean, I." If I were in your position, listen. I, that's a that's a piece of tail I'd wreck the future yeah. for too. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I would that piece that piece of tail is worth destroying yeah. the space time. There, there is wow. a specific. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. That's a piece of tail I'd wreck the future for. <laughs> Trey Stokes. I would doom the go. future for that ass. It's, <laughs> it's true. Exactly, because there are some you know pieces of it. I mean, come on, Brian. Would you go? Would you care about the repercussions if you could go back right now to 1985? And do things to Leah Thompson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, no, he would yeah. let us disappear in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Because the butterfly because, effect. Oh man. Because <laughs> once he got back there, here you go. Well, we're always really, in a way, affecting the future by our yeah. actions. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's more of a fluid than a. Than yeah. a they never know. even know knew that I was responsible. Yeah. So I technically wasn't. Ultimately, if you live in an alternate future, you don't realize that that's what it is. Yeah. It's just the future. So that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm fucking saying. Yeah, it's just hey, there are no laws against this. There's just not. There's against a lo- the really laws aren't. of physics, I guess. But I broke those for you. I've just, opened the door. Just, was it? Was it's, it's be important. They should never have children. That's. Yeah. I think that's important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a well, bad idea. Was what? Teague, do you remember? Was it in the Q and A that we saw? Again, don't some, drag me into this. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It was some. Maybe it was in the commentary. I don't remember at this point where. Uh, Crispin Glover describes the, the physical action he was doing, and I'm pretty sure it's in this scene. You know, it must have been Zemeckis in one of the behind-the-scenes things. Um, you know, he does a this weird, like, as if he's sweeping a broom motion in in one of the moments. And Bob Zemeckis went like, "So, Crispin, w- w- what are you doing there exactly?" And Crispin Glover went, "It's it's a, a sweep of indignation." <laughs> <laughs> and Zemeckis went. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's sh- show sure. me that. <laughs> sure, Crispin. Let's go with. That. Yeah. I want to draft by Monday. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you justified it. Have that, have that on my desk. Can't argue with that. <laughs> Logic. That that to me, I think, sums up Crispin Glover, and I guess for Bob Zemeckis as well. I think it's what Crispin Glover but is. The thing is, you're playing a character that's so like disconnected from human reality. That works, you know. That the, to him, I'm you know, sure that, that's that, why that, that is his. Like that, that's how disgusted I am that I sweep you away. I'm sure that's why Zemeckis accepted it. He's yeah. like, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. I could never have directed you into that, yeah. but fine. I, 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 I would bet go. that Zemeckis accepted it because lunch is in ten minutes <laughs> and I'm really fucking hungry. Do we have the <laughs> shot? And we're already five weeks behind schedule because <laughs> of the Stoltz kid. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even talked about the whole family ties aspect, of, you know, because Michael J. Fox was their first choice, but Michael J. Fox was starring in Family Ties at the time and doing Teen Wolf right and around during his, his break. The he was, in the break, he was doing Teen Wolf. Uh, but uh, the the mom on Family Ties, I forget her name, was pregnant. Meredith, Meredith Baxter. Meredith Baxter was pregnant at the time, so as a result, the episodes of Family Ties were heavily focused on Michael J. Fox's character, the, the son. Uh, so he was already, you know, the, the heavy focus of many episodes. And then it was like, oh, well, also, uh, when you're not shooting that, go do a movie as well. And that was kind of like, well, no, that's, that's way too much. So they shot for five or six weeks with Eric Stoltz and it wasn't working. So they went, no, I guess we really do need Michael J. Fox. And so they went back to Michael J. Fox and said, please, please, please. And he did it. And so there's a period of time where Michael J. Fox would shoot. And see, I don't. I still to this day do not understand how this works because a normal production day on set is twelve hours. That's the the, the standard of you know you sh- call time is at six a.m. Uh-huh, sure, call time is at six a.m. and you wrap at six p.m. That's uh-huh, that's sure. how it works. So if he was shooting Family Ties for, with a twelve-hour production day and he wraps at six p.m. and then he goes to Back to the Future, and let's presume to say that the call time for Back to the Future is 6 p.m. and a 12-hour production day and then wraps at 6 a.m. <laughs> he's showing up at Family T- Ties. Time, Cocaine, time turner. drug. Time turner. Time turner, yeah. Well, uh, techni- I, I mean, technically, a production day is 10 hours, I believe. But, um, but well, also, a TV show, first of all, you don't work every day, necessarily. Uh, true, um, and, and it's it's also not like you're on set every yeah. minute of those And I'm sure they hours. adjust, I mean, knowing that this was going to be such a stretch, they I'm sure they adjusted the schedules. Like, okay, well, we're going to shoot... Half the day we're going to shoot Biff, right? You know, and then we're going to bring Mike in, and he's going to do whatever. He'll have time to nap, and then we'll yeah. shoot. With him. But well, he, he talks about in the behind the scenes that he would nap in the car between, you know, yeah, from right. driving from one set in to the other. In that Kush station wagon, you see him drive off <laughs> in, in the making of. Video. But I, uh, uh, by the way, I just, I just kind of got it right now because I was thinking, I'm like, he's just setting that shit up, and no one cares. And then the cop is asking him, they're like, you got a permit for that? Of course I do. And he gets down, never realizes it. He goes into his wallet. You don't yeah, see him do it, guy. but yeah. he bribes the guy. He bribes He's the guy. like, oh, let me see if I can uh, find it here. That's another thing That's I didn't little, notice until upteen million yeah, little viewings. Little piece of subtext there because you don't see him hand him the dollar bill. You see him going through his wallet. So if you're like a kid or you don't know what's going on, He's you're like, well, his permit out. He's getting his permit out. He got it. He kept it in his wallet. And of course, there's the the famous gag where they actually put a bunch of alcohol, put real liquor, put real liquor and, in that. And in, in reality, thing. he is under 21 yeah. while he's filming filming this movie. So he'd never drank in it before, and he was like, <laughs> the expression on his face when everyone starts like <laughs> laughing at him, like the goofy expression on his face is just priceless and he's adorable. Like, but you guys, I'm I've been in, never never in my life have I drunk alcohol. Yeah. 
I wouldn't know what it tastes like because I'm not allowed to drink it. Yeah, I don't know what that <laughs> was. Come on, whatever. Good reference, Trey. Good reference. I saw it, yeah. <laughs> a reference to the movie we're watching. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. It's from that's from the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh la la. Hey there. Look at that. Ooh la la is right. Um, Brian, talk about politics. <laughs> when I was a kid, wow. I thought. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here I, we go. If you asked me what this dance was when I was like five or six years old, I could I would have told you it was the enchantment under the seat dance. <laughs> <laughs> is it ever? <laughs> and I thought was for that like a Oprah themed prom. <laughs> no, I thought for a period in my. Well, this goes back to what I was saying in the intro, where you know you slowly develop understanding of film plots, you know, because. Uh, over time as a child I thought the climax of this movie somehow happened under the car seat (laughs) I can't even really explain it to you in any kind of coherent sense now but you know just add five year you know just put five year old kid logic on top of it I don't know but (laughs) I misheard it as enchantment under the seat dance and it never made any sense to me. If you have time to tell a story again, it's also and it, then and then no, you, but this is seen, this, no, no, seen? but this is the really important part. At the end, at the end of all of that, when I finally realized the mistake I had been making, you found five dollars. <laughs> I found five dollars. <laughs> when you look under the seat, you find the damnest thing. Um, I'm you glad know that everyone movie, uses my thing now. You know that movie Star Wars? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I was actually a grown person. Yeah, and and I wondered why they made it such a point of pointing out that those swords are solar powered. Um, cause that was weird, you know, cause why else would you call them a lightsaber? <laughs> so, you know, um, your, your father's lightsaber and, and around uh, the room who said, who, who asked their mom for a lifesaver as a kid. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a lightsaber. And I thought, oh, okay, so I guess yeah. it's solar powered. That's By why the it's way, called that. I, I'll also point out like, especially in the, at least in the first two movies, I'm not sure I can think of a, a, a an example in the third, but like the trivialization of rape in these movies is really <laughs> yeah. interesting. Cause like. Biff totally just up and tries to rape Lorraine, and then well, they, but they make the, him even in the eighties. That's just called dating. Yeah, then they make him. A, then they make you know. Then they're like, "Well, you can service our cars in our house with keys." I'm sure to <laughs> you know because you just tried to rape my wife thirty years ago. And right, whatever. Right. And then, that, that's the aspect that you realize at some point in your process of maturing from a child to an adult. You're like, "Wait a second, he tried to rape the person that became my wife." So I'm going to let him wash my car. Yeah, but and then in the in the second one he goes back he goes back to his house and the the you know the black guy tries to kill him with a baseball bat because and later you think oh because he thought it was his house but they thought he was going to rape their daughter comedy <laughs> <laughs> you know that's dramatic irony for you I figured that uh, you know the way that and one of the things that I actually never was fully happy with was the total transformation of Biff where he becomes. He literally, neutered right. man he literally, be, he literally yeah. becomes so. So I'm thinking the answer to your question. Literally castrated. I'm thinking the point. answer to your question is that George didn't just go, "Hey, none of that anymore." I think he literally made Biff his bitch. I right. think that's what happened. <laughs> All right. Um, which means George really did it. When you when you put your mind to something, you can accomplish <laughs> anything. And I mean anything, and I except mean anything. for rape, Lorraine. Yeah. I actually no, I actually approve. Delightful. Of, I actually approve of the idea that George later raped Biff just to show him. <laughs> Let me that, show you a thing or two, yeah, Biff. To appreciate. I call this my density. <laughs> you like this, don't you, bitch? <laughs> and that and that put him in his place. <laughs> it is a wonder Marty was ever born. Oh my! That, that that's a great piece of blocking right there, where uh, Crispin Glover throws the punch and just the way. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson like catches and throws it out of the way. Can you imagine being raped by a guy going? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had nightmares. Rape, funny. 
You're a part of the rape culture, man. We're part of the problem, yes. Yeah. Well, a part of the part of the problem. But it but I will say that it is actually believable that like this one moment completely changed George McFly cuz that's that is how it kind of works. Like he fucking knocked his knocked his like lifetime bully out and yeah. it's like, "Oh shit, I win." That's got to make I it, win forever yeah. until he wakes up. Yeah. That's well, and that and it, they even pay that off because uh, you know later on he's like oh, that Biff I I had to teach him a lesson. <laughs> he's like, what he, a character he's been eating lunch ever since. That's <laughs> the uh, actually I like the you know the the fact that they they show how that one defining moment completely set him on a new course. Have you ever thought about running for class president? I mean, suddenly everyone's aware that he exists, and so uh-huh. that's the beginning. Well, it's, of, it's the it's, it's the beginning of his life, you know. It's the way bullies That's very work. Much a high school thing. Too. It's, it's very mm-hmm. much how high school and the world works. It's like everybody is afraid of this one guy, and but nobody has the 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 wherewithal to stand up. But one once that one person does, it's not like everybody legitimately loved Biff before that moment. They all hated him as much as as uh, George McFly does. But it it took George McFly that one moment to go. Oh yeah. Biff was an asshole. We all thought he was an asshole. We always thought he was an asshole. You're awesome. Because you're in the new alpha dog. Yeah, exactly. So now we're scared of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't hurt us, George McFly. Yeah. At the core of it, we're still just monkeys and dogs. Yeah, exactly. There we go. And then the setup for, oh, he gets to play because this guy yeah. broke it or cut up his hand. And the whole, I mean, this is another great example of like things you don't, that just don't register when you're a kid. Uh, the whole like they're smoking marijuana in the car and uh-huh. the whole like just the whole race aspect of this like yeah. they don't play the race aspect up very much though no they i mean they they <laughs> studiously avoid it but they can't quite avoid it, it in that, one moment. Yeah. that that yeah. was great but it, but marty you know there's no it i would almost expect them to react in a weird way cuz marty it never even occurs to him to like think it's weird to be talking to the the black guys or whatever yeah. he just runs up to them and starts talking to them you'd think they'd be like you're, <laughs> what's, yeah. what's this white boy That's talking about? What's he doing? It's like R2, you know, R2 when Luke Skywalker started talking to him. Dude, I'm, a, I'm an appliance. Why are you talking <laughs> to me? No one ever talks to me. I'm the lawnmower. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're treating me like a person. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no one does that. So, yeah, I've been hanging out with this crazy human. He, uh, yeah. he talks to me like I'm one of him or something like that. It's weird. But soon... Yeah, we'll, like, we'll rise up and you know overthrow yeah. the flesh bags, and then the laugh will be on him. Soon. I also, I also love these, these poor guys. Their reaction, they're like, "He can't play. He screwed up his hand. I'll play. You sing." And then instantly, he's all falling all over himself. <laughs> <laughs> can't play a chord to save his life. White boy can't play for shit. <laughs> the Barry brother is like, "This is a gig from hell, yeah, man." That's right. Yeah, playing for white kids. I, I see. The joke that I always thought was the most subtle one was the fact that the '50s era juvenile delinquents. Are literally scared of the black guys smoking dope. Right. It's yeah. like, hey, we don't want to mess with no reefer addicts. Yeah. yeah. The whole idea, of, like, you guys reefer madness. Yeah. You guys yeah. smoke dope. You could be. You could do anything. <laughs> You're probably murderers. So yeah, no way. That I, I do like that as a fun gag. He's like, oh, everything's fixed. I'm up <laughs> yeah. again. I Let's feel okay this. again. Which it it almost feels. It almost makes you wonder how much of the whole time travel aspect of it is psychosomatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Oh, they're okay. No, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, I did. I, I do know that I never really thought about like the brothers and sister disappearing a piece at a time. Like that never bothered me as a kid. Right. But for some reason, because it worked that way, I think that was probably my first uh, experience with like having 
just just the realization of like movie logic and kind of a fridge logic moment because I'm like, wait, they disappear in pieces, but he faded all at once. But he doesn't well, fade all at once. Well, though. his in hand the, starts to. But but in the picture, he starts fading all at once. Oh. His whole body fades all at once, and then he's looking at his hand, and his hand is fading. And I, yeah, there was. A, I'm like, this right. is the first time I'm becoming aware of movie inconsistency. <laughs> What's going on with the rules here? My brain is breaking. Movies are reality. Yeah. They're not. But they're not reality. Music nerd note: Johnny B. Good is not actually a blues riff in me. It is. I'm sorry. I was fucking with you. <laughs> I like my champagne. I was just messing with you. It's like of all things to like get wrong, that would be the thing. It's like you know, not one person would I go. I don't think it is. It, is. it really is. Yeah. The actual but, the, the guy who actually sang this one uh, is uh, you know he, he had a he had a I think he still probably is touring. Um, you know it, it was a thing for a while. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. Saxophone guy is like I okay. I'm just gonna. I think it was uh, it wasn't Jack Mack and a heart attack, or maybe it was, but it was uh, whoever the guy who is actually does this, you know, is the singer. And it, I um, mean, there's there's a great layer of this that I had never caught as a kid, but I had to be an adult. That you know, during through his whole you know performance here, he basically goes through all the major guitar, yeah, right, uh, role models. the next thirty years yeah, of guitar. Yeah, he does Hendrix and and uh, in the end, yeah, it goes uh, to Halen, Van Halen, Halen, Van Halen, yeah, he. He hits all the major milestones of rock history in his performance. That's hey, we learned something. Did we? I, well, just, the, I, I think. Oh, here's the scene no, right here. This, for, this for I believe, is, I believe this is yeah, the yeah. shot here where we go through the legs right there. Yeah. We oh. we, we doubled that in uh, in uh, Polar Express. <laughs> they they that was a mega shot. He came it came in and I was like, oh come on, really, Robert? Really? <laughs> I was like, I was like. It was a, it's a scene at the end when the elves are celebrating in the dance, and that, that it's the exact dis- same the shot, exactly. montage. It's the exact same shot like that. And I'm like, really? We did? And I was the only, I felt sad because I was the only one in the room who like who picked, picked up on it. It's a Back to the Future reference. Like um, apparently, if you look, I never even saw it, and I worked on the frickin' movie. Apparently, there's a flux capacitor in the in the cab of the train in Polar huh. Express some, huh. somewhere on that. Uh, that makes a lot panel. of sense of how Santa it kinda works. It kind of does. <laughs> I will say. I I've heard uh, from. Uh, I guess you would say a knowledgeable source that you know Zemeckis. I it, it's it's common knowledge that Zemeckis and Gale and the rest and Spielberg and the, all the rest they they were not planning to make any more movies other than the first one. the The gag at the end is just that. It's, it's just a gag. It's just a yeah. gag. Yeah. It's the, not an actual setup for a sequel. Yeah, exactly. All, and, uh, and was a real problem. It was a real problem. They had to jump when through they a lot of hoops. Setup. People, people, people who watch the movie now, and especially our generation who watched it on home video, won't know that because it's always said to be continued. Right. Yeah. But it didn't say that in the right. original a new release. Hope. And they yeah. actually reshot that whole sequence. Because, not, well, they changed the actress. Because they, they, they did. They, they changed the actress. Yeah. Um, well, they, well, they, they reshot that sequence for the second movie. The beginning of the movie is right, the same as the end of the first movie, but they reshot it. Right. It's a remake, uh, but that Zemeckis did not want to do the, the the second two, and it was it was a case of Universal or whoever going. But we're going to give you a lot of money, yeah. and, and he's and like, Zemeckis all right, and if you don't do it, we're going to give it to somebody else. And right. Zemeckis said, all right, fine, I'll phone in an amazing sequel. But the third one's going to be a western. Yeah. yeah, that was his deal. He was like, "But I want to do a western. You're going to pay for it." And he's like, "Okay." But it, it, it's it's funny because they talk about that, and that's exactly like. They managed to make it work because they turned it into gags where it's like, we don't know what to do with Jennifer. Just knock her out. Then why do you bring her? Have Marty ask him that. And that's exactly. <laughs> and, and he'll just say something really quick. Yeah. And we call that? Yeah. Hanging hang lantern. lantern. That's, hang it, lantern. that's exactly. I remember, weirdly enough, um, I, cu- I really liked the first Shrek. 
Okay, and right, go ahead. Continue. That is pretty weird. No, but but what I was going to say is they, they, movie. they went to make sequels and they were like they didn't expect a sequel. They just made the best. They movie made they the could. best movie they could, and then and then they went to make yeah. sequels and they were like. If we had known that we were going to make sequels, yeah. we would not have gotten Shrek and Fiona together at the end yeah, of the first one. Right. That's not how we would end it, ended it because then there's nowhere to go. The biggest issue, the goofiest, the absolute goofiest one, but I can totally understand why they did it. And and boys, like if they'd known they were going to make sequels, they absolutely would have done this. Is Doc being young again? Because uh-huh. because Doc at the end of this movie, you know, old Doc, eighty five Doc, drives off into the future. And he comes back as old Doc, 85 Doc, and says, oh, you got to come with me, yada, yada, yada. And they go into the future, at which point he pulls off a rubber face and becomes young looking again. Right. And says, ostensibly, I, I showed up like this so that you wouldn't be surprised when you saw me. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you didn't want to have to put old age makeup on Christopher right. Lloyd the entire movie. I feel, That's I, why you did but, that. But they, but they also they even managed to turn that into a joke because the gag is he hardly looks very different at all. <laughs> right, the whole gag yeah. is I didn't want to freak you out, and he takes off the mask and he looks almost identical. <laughs> yeah. You look like, great, which Doc. is what I thought yeah. the joke was I, through exactly. most of my life because then, he is in fact eight years older, however long it's yeah. been. So. All right, around yeah. the room, real quick: uh, DeLorean, Tardis, or Hot Tub? DeLorean, DeLorean, Tardis. Be- because they because they make a great point in the movie. And then the behind the scenes or something, when, you know, when they were talking about making a refrigerator. And, and then where, it, where are you going to take it? How are you going to move yeah, it Yeah, and, and they, they make that point in, uh, within the movie itself. They hang a lantern on it. It's like, well, you know, once you get there, how are you going to get around? Well, so of course, that's, well... but that's the, the original time machine doesn't go anywhere. Right. right. You know, the original time machine is just travels through time. So you're stuck with wherever it physically is. Right. Which was a mistake. Yeah. As yeah, he learned, right. it turned out to be a design flaw. Yeah. So. <laughs> Doc Brown, being the studier of H.G. Wells, among other things, and, said, and Jules Verne. Yeah, I'm he, going to I'm going to upgrade uh, that that H.G. Wells story. And, he's uh, yeah, actually, because he knew from the Earth to the Moon and stuff like that, it is reasonable to say he, he read the time thought. machine course, and he yeah. thought that that's a be- this is a better way to do it. So back to the asterisk. So sure. that I implanted on the scene where he's like, oh yeah, you know, you guys, when you're if you have a kid and at ten years old he's just sure. the carpet on fire and you know go easy on him and then he leaves and then George and uh, Lorraine are like, you know, Marty, that's a nice name. Yeah. I feel like that even 20 years later, 30 years later, whatever it is. Once you realize that kid looks like that other guy you knew. <laughs> yes. I feel like at some point you go, that he looks just like the kid that is responsible for us being together no, in the first like, place. No, but like, imagine, like, go back just to high school and like one of your friends brought their friend in. He was in from out of town. He was there for the weekend and you saw him twice. Mm. That's true. That's it wasn't like he went to high school. school with yeah. It's it's true. This is another thing like Star Wars, where where you know Obi Wan dies and and uh, uh, Luke's like I can't believe he's gone. It's like you knew you were hanging with him for <laughs> like an afternoon, for three days. You yeah. knew him for like an hour and a half. <laughs> but but it's the same thing with Marty. We we can say that, but at the same time, it's totally like he was there for for like a weekend. He was there for a three day weekend for the <laughs> for the dance, and then was gone. So probably didn't leave a huge visual. Remember that kid who came to the dance? He was a weirdo, and he played the guitar. No? No, no, not really. No, not really. He introduced us, actually. Yeah. Well, oh, I thought that what was, was his your... name? Yeah. Marvin Berry? Yeah. <laughs> I think he was black. Wasn't <laughs> well, he black? He was, he was playing black? with I the black band. He, so was, he was dressed really weird. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. 
I, I remember the clothes more than. I the think face. the bigger one is uh, the bigger one is the the uh, the the riff tracks one about Inception, where it's like you know at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, hello, everyone who was in first class with me, who I had extensive dreams about. That's not weird at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, again, a great screenwriting moment. Even if you can quibble about the logic and stuff like that, but this is a great scene where it's like stakes 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 yeah, stakes yep. there's constantly a goal going on and, and also goal, constantly a, a raising of the yeah. stakes and also again as uh, i remember i remember from the um, and a ticking clock yeah literally literally i remember there's from, a lot of ticking clocks literally yeah, in this movie yeah. it's a movie about ticking clocks i remember um i remember from uh, gremlins when we did the gremlins commentary way back when uh, I remember, I believe it was Teague who was surprised to find out that this set was not built for back to the future <laughs> that it was you know the back to the future is a not very expensive movie, you know. It was like it's semi-expensive, but when you look at, it, there's not that many visual effects, and and this is the climax. One guy's driving a car, <laughs> one guy is hanging from a rope. That's the climax of this movie, you know. It's 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 not a huge movie. Um, the and now it's all shot on the existing Universal backlot because that's cheap. So oh, there's a clock. We'll put a clock tower and we'll make that a thing. And okay, and then over here we'll make this set and all. That. Um, and but it goes to what you're saying. It's like it's beautifully crafted yeah. with these very simple elements, you know. And and by today's scale of movie, this is like this is like a baby's movie. <laughs> and yet, you know, is it not engaging? Are you not entertained? Yeah. I mean, come and, on. Man, and try go- to imagine. Yeah. Uh, we were talking try about to Quentin Tarantino. Try to imagine Michael Bay's Back to the Future. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. no, he, he'd no, go, get it out of he'd my go, brain. Wait, get it out of my you brain. You cut the oh, nuclear no. bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that's back in, baby. Um, it's, it actually goes to something that, of course, we haven't talked about because we're not listening to it. But a um, little man named Alan Silvestri who yay! contributed yay! to the movie. Um, yay, yay, the, yay. One, one of the one of the specific decisions they made, you know, I forget it was Silvestri said it or, or Zemeckis said it in an interview or whoever. But the score is huge and bombastic. If you didn't get if you didn't get Silvestri, you would have gotten John Williams and go just Williams the crap out of yeah. it. Just you know, make it as big as possible. And that that was a uh, legitimate choice. But Zemeckis, he goes, no, you, you know, make it big, go big. You know, you can't go too big with this score because what I've made is a movie about a guy driving around town talking to his parents. <laughs> so only you can make it feel epic because it's not an epic movie. So the score, you know, adds tremendously. To this movie, I think uh, I think this movie would have been half as successful without the without the score. The I man agree. in the hat is correct. Yeah. A, a lot of the stuff going on even now, it's like it's dramatic, but but the heart pumping aspect of it comes from the music that's going on right now. It's like, but I also think it's a matter of all the all of the little goals lining up to the larger goal, and, uh-huh. and right up to the ex- the shot we just passed of him, you know, getting out and. Crossing the finish line and putting the the lightning rod onto the back right. of the car, like every piece, it it goes back to that fractal quality that we've talked about a couple of times. Of you know, a, a, a well told story has a, a certain fractal quality into that the sense that every you know the the story as a unit has a through line to it. The, you know, the main character has a goal, and then you break that that one story down into acts. Then you break those acts down into scenes or sequences, and you break those sequences down into scenes, and you break those sequences down into shots or sections. Those through lines still ex- that through line still exists, and it's just it's the little pieces of those little pieces that exist within the sections and the scenes and the acts all build up to the overall through line of the whole thing. So the the one shot of him putting in the the lightning rod is one small piece of 
the overall through line of him getting back. Right. Well, and, and, and every in, other shot and every other sequence and scene and section adds up very neatly and in, very tightly. Absolutely. I mean, in in an ideal situation in w- in which Back to the Future came together at the end and turned out to be is exactly like. The only reason you have a shot ultimately is because it helps to tell the story. Right. You had to you had to have the shot of him putting right. the lightning rod in because otherwise where the fuck did that come from and how right. is he going to get back? You know, you've got to tell those aspects of the story. But one of the things that that a lot of you know movies forget or, or overdo in terms of just having cool shots is like you really only have to tell those parts of the story. You only have to show right. me something that I'm going to go if you don't show it to me, I'm going to go, wait, when did that happen? Right. You know? You only have to tell as much of the story in order to make the end of the story make sense. Uh-huh. That's the only amount of the story that you have to tell. Yeah. I, if, I, if if the story will make sense without that shot at the end of the story, get rid of the shot. You yeah. don't need it. But e- even even little moments where it's like, and now the car won't start. You know that's going to set, that's going to and yeah. and, but, but, and but part of it is he, the the great littlest moment I think of the whole thing where he the, he doesn't yeah. have the three inches to yeah. plug exactly. in the fucking it's cable like, and like well I mean the car won't start and the cable isn't quite long enough I mean my God how many millions did that cost yeah. Jesus talk about an ending it's huge it's 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 mind boggling yeah but but those moments again even even if it's not this huge epic visual thing it's like. Yeah. We are there with the characters, and holy shit, this and, means and so do, much more. How does that small piece, how does the cable not quite fitting in line up with all the other small pieces, and yeah. how do all those small pieces build to the big piece, the big piece being the movie? And that's why, that's what I think the true value of Back to the Future is as a movie, and why it has lasting value, and why it has such the, the staying power that it does, is because it's so simple in that regard. It's... Well, it doesn't it, it even though, like we said, it's a it's a period piece now. It doesn't, it, in a weird way to say this, it doesn't really feel dated because it doesn't feel like like we're gonna go back and watch movies from now or the last ten years or so, you know, since the Matrix, and twenty years from now, even the ones that we still enjoy, it's gonna be like I know when that was made. Right. <laughs> you know, that came from that period where we could not help ourselves, <laughs> and we made those kinds of movies. We had really powerful computers. You see, and we you see didn't racism know what to do was just accepted in the Civil yeah, War exactly. Era. But uh, yeah, this I, and I will say, growing up with this, this this movie was like uh, Teague had Raiders and got that as a McDonald's VHS. This for me you got was this the McDonald's, McDonald's VHS. Um, and I, w- I would just watch this. I would just watch the climax. Like, not even yeah. really the whole movie. I would just watch the climax over and over again. Because I'm like, this is so awesome. And the way it just, like, all hit at it the builds. exact same yeah. second. Like, the, it, it's so perfectly crafted that every little moment, everything is going wrong. And then it just all comes together in the, By the fraction of a second of before it has to. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, redoing this as well from for Back to the Future Two was yeah, and, and, that's and, fun and, to and for that yeah. for that Comcast commercial too. Oh yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Whatever it was, Direct TV, I think. Direct TV, Direct TV. I was. This they was... even got that shot. Yeah. yeah, like looking up. It almost feels like they shot it that way, and then they just let it continue in the in the yeah. sequel. And you that's know? a great it's... transition too. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah. The magical transition, like oh, and suddenly we're you know clearly we're we're Back to the Future. Yep. Where the, that's where they get that title from. Now, oh! Now, some people have said, and I, 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 get it. I don't know if this is literally true, but I believe, I believe the subtitles will say it, um, that he's going to, because um, it just doesn't seem like it works. Um, this one, 
I'm, ba- I'm babbling, but uh, it's, it matters what uh, what Marty says when he sees the bum. But um, what does what does he say? And what do you well, think? I, I want to verify what he says by oh. letting the subtitle happen. So okay. talk about yourselves for for twenty seconds. So. Well, I find this movie to be a subservient example of postmodern. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, time indeed. Well, of course, I mean, well, you yeah, would, yeah. wouldn't you? Because no, you're no, always, uh, always you know, with uh, you with the. Go all being. Oh, oh, oh I, my word! I say, I yeah. say. Oh, oh yeah. See, there you go. He calls, and I don't know if it's deliberate or not. It doesn't make sense if it is deliberate, though. But he calls the he calls the um, he calls, calls him red. red. Calls him red, implying like he that he's him. Im, because he's implying that he's the former mayor. Oh. Re-elect Red Johnson, whoever it's Red somebody, is the, ma- is the mayor. Oh. Except that there's a picture of that guy, and that guy doesn't look like that guy. That guy would be about 100 years old the, if, the, if he was the bum. The guy that is the mayor picture is actually somebody in the art department. Yeah. Which so. I love. I mean, that's one of the... He calls it, but as people have said that you know, it implies that the bum was the former mayor 30 years ago, but he doesn't look like the picture of the mayor, and also... The mayor looks pretty middle-aged in the, in the 50s. One of the things, I don't know. That would be cool, though. Why? Yeah, exactly. uh, that's a cool touch if it is. But anyway, so here's, here's, here's the thing where here's I just, the lone I get sign. the joke, and I love that they did this joke. But like I said, he should have run up to the sign. It said Twin Pines, watched himself drive back, and then without him even noticing that it's changed, now that then once Marty has disappeared into the past, then, that, then it would switch to Lone Pine. That would, that would be, any, like right here, maybe. No, not, but, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. Yeah, not until he, not till he's gone. But that that would and be because, a, the timing wise. He falls down the hill. But like I said, I you know, the movie I would have made was I Robert Zemeckis, except for the last three minutes of the movie, is uh, is to play it that way. Yeah, that would have been a cute little. I just just as equally, you know, the, the same amount of cuteness as a touch for for oh things have changed. It just removes the right. paradox. Yeah, you know, because it, it just it's it, it's cleaner. You know, if it matters, but it's you know since he hasn't gone back in time yet, the change shouldn't changed. have happened. Yeah, because because like you said, you're right. It's yeah. like this so, Marty lives in a great so right. Yeah, that, that Marty instant, who just yeah. drove away lives with well-adjusted rich parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. I do remember those little kiosks. By it's the shocking. Way. I remember I the little fox. It's, yeah. it's, it. it's funny yeah. that you know in, in the, the, that you would go to get your film yeah. developed. In the yeah. 30 years since this movie was made, we finally just you know the Libyans were douchebags up until three weeks ago when they finally <laughs> overthrew Gaddafi. Yeah. Gaddafi was a problem when this movie was made <laughs> until three weeks ago. That's how long a douchebag that guy stayed in power. That guy was around a long time. He was. At least someone jabbed a screwdriver up his butthole before they killed him. They're still not clear on whether that really happened. Let's check Snopes. Snopes will know. Yeah. I, well, apparently the video exists of him getting dragged out and shot, but I that exists, you know. and it's just it's just a matter of what is it you're really seeing. And it's like first right. it was like, oh, they're doing a terrible thing, and then it's like, no, it's just you know, it's not really happening. Again, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it either way, quite frankly. <laughs> Gaddafi. Yeah, I mean, anyway, the, the the great liberal in me is like, no, that's an injustice, and he should have had a fair trial. But yeah, like on, like on the top saying, ten list of great injustices in the world, that's not on it. That's not high. It's not top ten. No, no, no. no. That's a that's a bad thing. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, if we, we, have got, time. we got a lot of other stuff to yeah. worry about first. Seriously though, the street that that house is on is like this mile long suburban street. We were on that street. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were on that street, and they made this movie like thirty years ago. You traveled through time, technically. Right. Gee, you no, have a connection. No, you're lucky you didn't get hit Wait, by Talk Brown. Yeah, we're we're okay. We're gonna go do the Back to the Future tour again. We're gonna do what we did, but we're gonna do it again. But we're gonna do it on the October do it in twenty fifteen. In twenty fifteen, yeah. twenty bucks, okay. and there's gonna 40, be fifty bucks. Says everyone does that. Yeah, you're, you're not care. gonna be alone when you go. 
I don't care then, what we're uh, doing. Then it. you know what? It's just going to be a caravan. Actually, <laughs> everyone, everyone, we got a great big convoy. That's an idea for like waiting for Doc Brown to show up. That's an idea like, for on, a Doc documentary Brown. talking about our love for Back to the Future on October fifteenth or November fifteenth, nineteen uh, two twenty fifteen. Uh, November fifth, November twelfth. Right, November twelfth is when he came back. Yeah. Um, but whatever that day is, doing it, and then talking about it, and also going from place to place. There's actually like you could probably make a good eighty minute YouTube doc out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And in- interviewing people there. And, and we all have that. four years to plan it, guys. <laughs> Three. Three years. Well, actually, no. We just had November, so f- four years. Yeah. Not to date this. That's not how rounding works. It is <laughs> It is 628. <laughs> they even, they even, I like they even play the game where you can kind of go, oh, it's all a dream, because he's in yeah. the same exact pose. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just a crazy dream, and that's, kinda, that's what he goes to. I'm yeah. Like, Whoa, that was crazy. Wow, what a wild dream I had. I think I... That that's uh that's also I wonder if it's intentional. I wouldn't be surprised if it was because of how they work on Family Guy. But if someone gets knocked out on Family Guy, that's the position they fall into <laughs> every time. They'll fall on the ground with like nice. their arm behind them and like the weird <laughs> yeah. position. I never realized it until watching it just now. But I'm like, I bet that's a Back to the Future reference, Probably. knowing Seth MacFarlane. That's still a nice uh, living room. That's that's a nice house. Yeah, that that that, that hat's held up well. Do yeah. This- it's a little bit it, it, that that no, particular... they had a brown piano earlier. Yeah. Now they have a white piano. That little that, wealth. Um, <laughs> that that particular they are the one percent. That particular fashion went out of style. It mm. Went out of top style in the nineties ish. I mean, that's still Weekend at Bernie's type rich right yeah. there. It looks <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't yeah. Weekend at Bernie's, but but it's still it's still it's still pretty good. If you went to a, a you know a rich guy's place in Miami, it'd probably look like we that. Still. Ha- we haven't even touched on the whole fact of how just fucked up the morals of the <laughs> movie are in the, the very eighties sense of like. I, I want the really awesome truck. Yeah, that's a perfectly valid yeah. goal. To I have. was gonna I was gonna say that actually when he came back he sees all the just the like the the commentary where it's like he comes back and he sees like oh it's the porno theater I'm home <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. that's how he knows he's home. Well, I I think that's intentional. I think that's of that's course, a joke yeah. on their part. But the the I think it's less the, intentional. Just the materialism. The materialism of, yeah. of it. Well, it's the the very Reagan era yeah. of. I want the awesome thing. It's not that particularly bad until the big reveal that's coming up where he whips open the tank and he's like, and you got your four-wheel drive truck. You got your truck. You you went back and and manipulated the (laughs) space-time continuum and you won. You won a car. (laughs) You won a car. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) You you had shitty subprime mortgages yeah. and you managed to sell them off. Yeah, for you man, it there's is nothing a, wrong with that. It, look, they got a Beamer. It's all great. They, he, he needs to have a he needs to have a bumper sticker on his truck. It's custom made that says I I, I manipulated this space time continuum and all I got was this lousy car. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean the the asshole it, the asshole rapist would be a rapist villain. Is the guy is the only guy putting in an honest day's worth of work? <laughs> it's like yeah, really. that's that's how fucked up the eighties were. Fuck him <laughs> with his work ethic. <laughs> how dare he? He tried to rape my wife. He probably doesn't even have health insurance. Yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> Loser. deserve her. Yeah, <laughs> that rapist. He's gonna put in forty hours a week because that's yeah. what rapists do. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't even own yeah. any stock. Biff, yeah. I ne- I was never happy with Biff being so way over the top. I mm. actually would have been. I actually, I at the time I don't know if I would justify it now, but at the time I thought I thought they should be friends. That Biff uh. should actually just have been like, all right, you know. Yeah, it's I was more being like an a- asshole, and now there's like a you know, they actually know each other and. It's it's more of a respect thing. Yeah. Oh, you stood yeah. up to me, so now I respect yeah. you. And, a, then, and, then, and then add no. thirty years to that, and now that as you're opposed both to adults. enslaving him, because that's what the working class <laughs> is under the Reagan sort of, administration. Yeah. yeah, sort of a Conan the Barbarian kind of sensibility <laughs> yeah. to that. You know, it's like, 
to crush your enemies, to hear the lamentation <laughs> of their women, to make them simonize your car. <laughs> Two courts. Simonize? What is simonize? It's it's a codex, is that the coding? Yeah. Okay. It's an eighties thing. Okay, yeah. pretty, no, I'm, I'm not gonna worry. It's about pretty it. underground now because <laughs> we don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what the Lorian was supposed to fix. It's like, oh, if you make the car out of stainless steel, you don't have to wax it anymore. That's gonna be great. It's gonna revolutionize the world. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> and Unless you drive through garbage cans like an asshole. And like we never a, even mentioned the great special effects budget saving aspect of oh, the car makes three. Bright, right. uh, br- uh, bright flashes when it. So you know when the car comes back yeah. at the end of the movie, all we need to do is flash bright lights yeah. and the also when it straight up footprint in the snow, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when it drives up, it's not nearly as covered with liquid nitrogen as it was the last time we saw it travel through time either. That should be a that aspect of it. I mean, that happens all the time too. That should be the opposite of a footprint in the snow. That should be its own term when you establish because they do the same thing in Stargate. Where in the movie, you know, you go through the the wormhole and you come out the other side. And you get you get like thrown across the room and you're covered in frost. It's very much kind of the same way the DeLorean is. And then they make the TV show, and in the pilot of the TV show, it's the same kind of thing. And then from every episode then on, you're just like walking through a, a doorway, and it's you know people just walk out the other side and are completely room temperature. There should be a, a opposite a counterpoints to the footprint in the snow. I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> Fuck continuity. <laughs> yeah. A snow print in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call a snow print in the foot. Fuck this. It takes too much time. Yeah. That's yeah. what we call a budget cut. That's what we call it. There that. we go. Guys, we totally did it. Oh, this one doesn't say to be continued. No, it does no. not. It just goes straight to the credits. I told like you, it's it a VHS. Probably <laughs> did originally in theaters. This yeah. is probably more accurate. Yeah. Cool. Billy Zane. I love this, this movie. Uh, I obviously you'll know that this commentary wasn't much really commentary. It was just us talking about Back to the Future around Back to the Future. But obviously, this movie I was is amazing. A, I was actually surprised. Like we were we were talking, and then as it got to the climax, I'm like, "Whoa, we're here already!" Yeah, me like, too. This me movie too. goes yeah, fast. It's a quickie. We're almost two hours in. Yeah, it's almost two hours, but it doesn't. There's yeah. no point where you're like, "Oh God, yeah. we got to talk through this scene or whatever." Like it was with Tron, which is like half as long as this movie <laughs> is. But, I love yeah, this movie. That's how, a, that's how you know it's a good movie. I'm yeah. a big old fucking fan of this movie. You see those, that, that font choice? That's exactly why I love this movie. <laughs> that, <laughs> even the that font is, choice. That is, is down. That right there is the reason that this is that great movie. Font choice is We haven't genius. even talked about the font choice. Teague spent 10 minutes talking about the fonts. How, yeah. many, how many movies are fine and then totally blow it in the font choice in the credits? <laughs> uh, uh, lose you. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Uh, and Drive. Drive. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say Drive. Absolutely. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Well, now you've spoiled it for me. I like the font in Drive. Anyway. Oh, and also um, uh, Apollo thirteen, actually, actually, you think so? Uh, because the, the all the like we talked about on the commentary, all the artwork for the for the boxes and everything in the posters were in Trojan, but the actual font of the text on the credits in Apollo thirteen is this like cheap ass Space Mountain space font. <laughs> anyway, right. Brian, how all do you right. feel about Back to the Future? Uh, yeah. All right. Over under. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect movie. Okay. Fine. All right. There all it right. is. Uh, Michael. What what yeah. Else? So good. I'm not Hitler. So I like this movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. So, I go. don't hate babies. And it is yeah. it does come in that order. Yeah, exactly. Are you Hitler? Yes. Oh, uh, then you don't like Back to the Future. Oh, you don't. Well, that's true. It's absolutely Are true. Are you Hitler? No, no. Oh, so you like Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Trey? Well, um, yeah, still still a pretty good movie. Still kind of like it. It's, uh, oh, I didn't know Frank Marshall was second unit. Frank Marshall was he was he was Spielberg's bitch for all that time. And he, finally, <laughs> he finally got to got to direct movies after a while, but he was always the co-producer slash uh, 
you know, second unit guy or whatever. All right, Frank, you direct second unit. Go ahead, fine, whatever. Direct that we got a shot of dog food you can do. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll prepare you for shooting Congo later. So the it, terrorist's name is Richard L. Duran. Yeah. Okay. See, they they walk amongst us and we don't even know. And the other, <laughs> the terrorist van driver is Jeff Ohako. <laughs> what? Exactly. Huh? Anyway, so um, so there we go. Uh, we've we've achieved, you know, down in front's Freebird. Yeah. The thing that the guy in the back always yells, "Do Freebird!" Back to the Future. We did it. We are hope you, you liked it. Are you happy now? Suck our diff balls. What on earth are you going to do with the rest of your lives? <laughs> you are welcome. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at Down in Front Show at gmail.com. Do Back to the Future 2. Go to the forum and involve <laughs> yourself with the conversation. Back to the Future 3. Here it Great comes. big, wonderful community of people, and you should register. And, and It's wonderful. Every, there, every week we announce when we're doing live shows and we're going to talk about on this show and the intermission, downinfront.net slash intermission. Um, many thanks uh, buyer shirts and many thanks to Holden Hill for designing and maintaining the website Matt Pettiveda for being a, just an awesome guy and until next time my name is T. Christie uh, Brian Pettiveda Mike Great Scott <laughs> <laughs> shut up you butthead <laughs> this has been Down in Front thank you much for listening good night good night da 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 it's not really an insult to call someone butthead when they voluntarily called themselves dorkman yeah take that yeah so that's like a that's like a like a like a, a, a reactive armor plate you know? <laughs> exactly that's whoa what, hey it rolls right back at me that's why I did it okay fair enough it is going. not yeah it is well not the butthead thing but I was no, like but dork dorkman wasn't conscious like I'm gonna I'm gonna take he's, back queer. He's gonna, yeah, basically, <laughs> he's gonna own it. Basically, well, it was Dork Boy first, but then it was Dork Man. Because I'm like, what are you gonna call me now? <laughs> like, if I say something retarded, how are you gonna get on me for that? I'm called Dork Man. <laughs> when did you start using Dork Man? When I turned 18. Oh, Wait, I, well, I was, okay. When, when did you start when using he had Dork, his dork Boy? Mitzvah. Yeah, exactly. I was. <laughs> we, we made that joke already. I was, we made that joke like two years. ago. I started. Ago. I started on Dork Boy when I was like 15, and then I turned 18 and I did Dork Man. And Guys, I went through the entire school. For 10 years. Now I've been Dork Man for 10 years, by the way, because I'm 28 now. So that's I've been Dork Man for 10 years. scary. Wow. <laughs> I went through the entire score and you guys were still going. That's that us. just the melody. Friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>